What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to I Came With Fire podcast. Here tonight with MP Paranormal. What's up, guys? What up? What's going on? Got Dylan and Brian here. You guys want to tell us a little bit about yourselves? I'll go first. Yep. Uh, so my name is Dylan Farrell. I've uh, been investigating for a long time, I guess, with the MP Paranormal title for about five or six years. Uh, 27 years old, hail from Buffalo, New York, uh, currently active duty Air Force as a military training instructor, but a military police officer by trade. Word. Brian? Yeah, what's going on? I'm Brian Clark. Um, been investigating for about a year. Uh, jumped on with Dylan. He's a tour guide at Haunted Hill House. I decided to tag on with him one day and uh, changed my world. And after that, we've been investigating other places ever since. Um, originally from uh, Downey, California, so I'm a California boy. Um, I'm over here in Texas now. So, yeah, I uh, got out of the Air Force, you know, 100%, 100% um, disabled, got out. So we're just trying to make do with what we got at this point but it's all good yeah for sure man cool so uh this is uh zach's first episode with us so zach you want to introduce yourself real quick man yeah so uh zach smith i've been in the air force just shy of 12 years i'm currently a recruiter so i probably sent you a lot of really dumb recruits and you got to <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry about that yeah. <laughs> uh and, uh, but I am a security forces by trade as well. I've been a recruiter now just for about three years. I'm actually up in your neck of the woods where you're from. You said you're from Buffalo, New York. I recruit, yeah. in, I recruit in Utica, New York. Okay. So okay. it's like three and a half, four hours, I think, away. Um, yeah, just happy to be here. Happy to be helping out uh, Gresham and be part of the podcast. Word. So, uh, yeah, like I said, um, I came with Fire Podcast. Just want to say real quick that um, if you guys are listening and you are confused, if you haven't seen any of the social media posts, yes, we did. It used to be called Intel Within. Uh, we changed the name, going a little bit new direction now. Um, but yeah, same great stuff. So um, I honestly am really excited to see what content you guys have. I know that you guys just did uh, an investigation. Um, and so if you guys want to just like, jump in on what you guys have going on and we'll just kind of get it going. Yeah. Um, uh, we just went to the, uh, six room house in Victoria, Texas. Okay. And, uh, it's actually a, um, what they have there is a haunted museum. Mm. It's located in Victoria, Texas, and they have all types of murderabilia, demonological, you know, text and all these things. And they have an alleged like demonological doll as well. And they have an entire doll room. Jeez. And we went there and we found all types of like AVP, EVP evidence, like physical evidence, um, as well as like some, some subjective evidence as well. Um, I would highly suggest like if you're in the Victoria area that you definitely go there. Um, it's definitely like a stone's throw for us, like about two and a half hours. But if you can make the drive, like definitely make the way out there. Yeah, that's worth the drive. It's it's 100 percent. Like, I can't wait to go back there, honestly. Yeah, we were uh, we were doing an EMF sweep up there, and when he was talking about the doll, the uh, the owner Crystal said that I supposedly had a demonic attachment to it. So we run an EMF, my tri field meter, which is a bit more 
sensitive than the, or I shouldn't say sensitive, but more accurate. It, it measures on an X, Y, and Z axis rather than just an X or a Y axis, like the K2 or the Rook or stuff like that from Ghost Stop or wherever. Okay. And I, I can pop it up on my screen over here. But basically, we were investigating to see if it was demonic in nature and which screen, right? Are we full screen right now? Yeah. Some good evidence right here. Yeah. So I'll just let it play out. I love it. Oh, hold on. I don't want to jump ahead here. That's where it is. She had like a rosary on her neck, really creepy. Like on command, it was cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. I got chills. Are you mocking the Trinity by giving us a three? Ooh. Are you mocking the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost? Six, seven? Seven. No way. You know, what's interesting is when you said uh, it is high. I keep spiking. Yeah. And I go on to say, uh, I go on to say, uh, what I think is interesting is that um, I said, I don't know why I'm asking a demon to return to its vessel. In my head, what I was thinking is, I command you to return to your vessel. I was like, why am I asking this thing? Can it return? I was like, no, get back in your vessel. And right then and there, when I was like thinking that, or we said it, it jumped to a three, uh, three milligals, which isn't like mind-blowingly mm -hmm. high obviously but it's still substantial to say that it was reading point zero point seven six zero point eight zero and then it jumped to a three right dip back down and then he said are you mocking the father the son the holy ghost then it goes boom 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 up and then kept staying there and then dropped right back down to baseline levels it was pretty 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 cool yeah dude and so, the, the thing about it too is like when you're doing a science experiment, you have to be able to replicate the, the experiment, right? So you got a direct result with, with like asking that question. And then again, when you started talking about the Trinity, it started happening again. So yeah. I had, a, I had a question. Um, so I haven't really been big into paranormal and stuff. So um, I started watching YouTube videos when we knew you guys were going to be on the show. And uh, you said there that you had, you, you were asking the vessel and then you decided to command it. What's the purpose of like commanding a vessel or a spirit? Like, why do you have to command it? What 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 benefit is that? Brian, I think you're suited to answer that one. Oh, you're muted, buddy. Can you hear me now? Yep. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So, basically, what's going through like Dylan's head? Um, basically, like commanding spirits and being like that kind of like magician level like type of thing. If you command a spirit to do something, um, it's basically playing into magic. It's playing into what people believe in this was light magic or dark magic or, or so be it. If you command a demon to do something, whether it be dark magic or light magic, you're still commanding that spirit, right? So that spirit, you're calling that spirit into the space, you know, regardless of whatever you want, whatever your belief system is, right? Yeah. Regardless of what you are doing, if you command a spirit to do that, then 
you know, if you're dealing with like negative like entities or whatever it is, they're more likely to listen to you. Um, just if you follow like, if you read like um, any kind of like demological or any kind of like esoteric text, that's kind of like what it follows. And that's not, you know, you can believe whatever you want to believe at the end of the day. But if you command a spirit to do something, especially if it's negative, they're more likely to listen to you just because they respect the fact that you're reaching out to them and you want to talk to them and you're not afraid kind of thing. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah, more more along the lines of it's more direct, like uh, like he was saying, like when these entities and these things are brought into spaces, they're command they're drawn and they're commanded through the summoner to appear or to travel into the space. So by replicating that type of like intent to communicate with them, it's like almost more um, recognizable to them that they should be listening to what you're saying i don't know if it works or not but it's always worth a shot like rather than try to talk to a bad spirit nice it's like no i freaking command you I, i'm demanding that you come back and maybe it'll work and in this sense i'm it did i don't know yeah it was definitely interesting though oh, you're um, in your presence pretty much you're like i'm here i want to talk to you come talk to me instead of like just hoping they'll talk to you that makes sense exactly um this was interesting too this um we caught a, sorry, this video is an hour long, so it's hard to track down specific spots, but we caught a manifestation of something really weird in the mirror downstairs. Clark, do you remember about where it happened in the 20 minute mark? You're talking about the six room house, dude? Yeah. I'm trying yeah, to it'd, be, it'd be about after 20 minutes. Um, we're in the main parlor room, not upstairs, it'd be about 15 to 20. 22 minutes, I think, where this crazy manifestation that isn't your wife, that is totally impossible, <laughs> manifests in the mirror. Yeah, I'm looking for the point out. But yeah, and I was the one who I'm like, I had to run it by Dylan. I'm like, um, am I crazy or do you see what I'm seeing? And he's like, yeah, it's not my wife. I'm like, I agree. <laughs> it's weird because it has this like photoluminescent, like blue. Oh, purple, it's so like weird, the, dude. It's like, like the this color weird of my light, like, right? moon. It's like this moon shaped like figure and it's like it's like going across and it's like and then it's gone and there's no way it can be a human being and I saw it I'm like what what the heck is that dude how did that happen <laughs> dude, that's awesome <laughs> yeah it's super strange god there's so much stuff in these videos I might have to come back to it the the, the one thing I'm looking for is an EVP that happened when we're standing in the uh in the room and it says and it says how did she fuck you Whoa. yeah couldn't believe that i heard it and i'm like yep that's none of us said that in the room but there you go you hear it right. dude i gotta say man, to interpret. i've spent a lot of my life looking at paranormal stuff and, and it's all over youtube but you guys legitimately have some of the best evidence i've ever seen like it's true for me yeah we try to bring in the most um how should you say the most legitimate evidence that we can we don't want to leave anything to be like that could be that could be because there's always going to be that evidence right but people that do this kind of stuff and i'm not disrespecting them but they really just dive head first into this like very minimal evidence mm -hmm. like oh the spirit box said something and i think it said this this is outstanding evidence and we believe it said this it's like okay bro like it said a word but like what is that like i want to hear a voice that's not mine, not my wife's, not Brian say, how did she fuck you? And I want to hear it clearly. That yeah. is evidence to me. For sure. You know what I mean? And then you also have like larger organizations like Ghost Hunters or whatever, where there's a lot of edits 
and like camera things to make it seem like something yep. way bigger than it is. And then you finally right. tease right. it yeah. the whole episode, and then you finally watch it and you're like, oh, it was just I'll say that. Uh... Me and Dylan aren't that good at editing, so what we present to you is 100%. Like, it's genuine. Yeah. Yes, hey, we, may, we may tweak it to... We may splice things together to make it seem, like, more interesting to watch, but we're not some Discovery Channel Plus, like, technicians that are editing this video so you can enjoy it. We just present to you what we find, and that's it. Dude, that's why I'm so excited yeah, that you guys are on. I think I found it here. Oh, yeah, here we go. Ian? You look swole. Do you hear it? It's very, very faint, but yeah. Uh, it's loud on my end on the YouTube video, but maybe on Discord it's a little lower. Hold on, let's try it one more time. Or is it a little low on Discord? It's a little low on Discord. Uh, well, yeah. In, in the video, like when you hear it with like actually like, because I think Discord like kind of quiets the stream down a little bit, unless you have me turned all the way up in the my window turned all the way up. Yeah, yeah. On the on the view screen. Um, but yeah, you can clearly hear it say, how did she fuck you? And I'm just trying to think to myself, I'm like, I'm like, who's, who's that spirit talking to? Is that talk like, like, is he talking to me? Like about my wife? Like, what is this weird has perverted uh, has to be. EVP? I'm like, what the heck? So that was strange for sure. I really want to find this uh, apparition because it was Dude, pretty yeah. gnarly. Oh, here, here it is. All right, there we go. Perfect. All right, so you'll see something move like in this area, but the big, the big uh, ball buster is like right in here. Okay. Yeah, boots. Like boots. See it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like this weird purple like being. Yeah, weird. yeah. Like a blue crescent, purple crescent thing just kind of goes. It was. Right. Yeah, it looks like a moon, like a crescent moon or something. Yeah. Dude, so strange. It's like, the the not anybody third person in no, this way. Uh, my honestly, wife's in the kitchen. You can yep. make out, at least from what I just saw, like it looks like something like with cloth almost. Yeah. Like, like it's flowy. Yeah. Mm, it, I think it had eyes, to be honest with you. Really? Let's see. Hold on. I can play it back. Yeah, it's like two eyes. Ooh, that's creepy. Play, this is that point two five speed. It is playing. It's very, very quick. So there's the shadow. So it moves downwards from top of the case. Yeah. Or up. Everything looks weird in 0.25 speed. <laughs> but we should be able to get a good look at it in 0.25. And yeah, <laughs> you have boots? <clears throat> yeah that's so it, weird it's like it bright it purple like eyes. two eyes going by yeah that is so strange but yeah so we had that and then we had um, 
my wife goes to close the door. This probably happens when we switch camera positions and you hear something like really aggressively tell her, close it like super loud. Oh, that's a good one. Yep. You should turn your volume back up. Whoa. Yeah, Dude. like loud. Close it. Very loud. Close that. Super loud. Dude, yeah. that was clear as crystal. So when you when you're there and you hear a voice, uh does it resonate from a specific location like a normal person talking or is it just kind of just heard by all uh it's kind of like it just depends like so these videos that we'll show here in a minute from the hill house whenever we get to that topic that's very direct and like he's very directed like he's a person it's a person standing in the room sometimes they're what's called disembodied voices so that they uh, we had one, me and Brian had one upstairs. It's not, you wouldn't be able to hear it through the discord, but it was like, it was like, oh. and we, we both heard it, and, but he heard it from like behind him. And I heard it from in front of me to my right. So it's disembodied, meaning it has no spatial connection to anything. It's just there mm -hmm. and you interpret it. However. Yeah. That's how I feel like a lot of this stuff is. It's, it's like interpreted by the person individually almost sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah, and sometimes the message is like interpreted specifically for one person or it's interpreted for the whole group or nobody hears it and then you review it and then you go back and like, wow, we just uncovered this massive piece of evidence, but we didn't hear it at the time. So it's really like coincidental, like uh, Dylan was saying. Do you, do you think that that, like whatever it is that's talking to you at that time, whether you, like you said, you don't hear it when you're all standing there and then you replay your recording and then you hear it or like one person hears it or, or multiple people hear, multiple people hear it. Um, you think that's intentional from like their, their end, you know what I mean? Or do you think that like, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, I, uh, yeah. So I think, I think that there are times when. A uh, perfect example in this video, um, we were up in Sue's room, which is a room where this uh, entity lives, if you will. We don't know if it's a PK manifestation, a psychokinetic manifestation, something just born of evil that lives there from bad events in the house, or if it's actually like something that was brought in because the owner likes to use Ouija boards. Uh, we don't we don't really know, but we just know that it, it, it haunts and surrounds Sue's room. He... Um, uh, he got like super sick to his stomach during the walkthrough. We didn't get it on camera, but he literally gagged. His eyes were bloodshot and he actually had to run out of the room, like, like run out of the room. It wasn't even, I've never seen it happen to him before, but he was like really jacked up. Uh, yeah. That's scary, man. <clears throat> but later in that night, uh, I heard like this, uh, this activity was like picking up and you know, my wife was getting really uncomfortable and she's a pretty solid skeptic. She's a healthy skeptic, I should say. She's open-minded, but... Uh, and she was getting really uncomfortable. She was hearing voices. She felt like somebody was standing right next to him. And I heard this man's voice or this thing's voice go like, <laughs> it was like this weird, like <laughs> deep. And I was like, holy shit, did you just hear that? Yeah. And they're like, no. we Yeah, we, we didn't hear it. You did, so, though. So, you know, to answer your question, it was like it was infecting me. Like, because something had like pulled on the back of my shirt. The ovulus was saying scratch, uh what was it? It said scratch and something else like that. Oh, it said shoulder. Yeah, that's what it said. Shoulder scratch. 
uh, something like that. And it, and it pulled on my shirt. It was like this, like right and like let go right between my shoulder blades. And then I heard the voice, like the energy was connecting with me. But other times, multiple people in the room can hear it like the message was meant for everybody. See, like that to me, there's that evidence. It correlates in a couple different ways. Like you had an auditory thing. You felt something. What it said coincided with where you were touched, like all that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. And um, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, this place had uh, it had real human bones in it, like Brian was talking about. Uh, it had um, real letters from the Night Stalker, Richard mm-hmm. Ramirez, and the BTK killer, and the the woman who killed um, what's her name, the famous Corpus Christi singer. Um, oh, Selena. Selena uh, had the kid that was that ran a vampire cult back in the '90s in New York City. Uh, like all these crazy things. Uh, they had a human torso hanging from a hanging from a freaking like a, a science prop but it was like a real torso of a woman and then a human head drunken head all these things that were just like create I, I just feel like create this vortex of just negative energy in the house and nothing against the owners they're, they're they were the, some of the nicest people we had ever met crystal and her husband they were so Very kind true. but i think that the house is a lot darker than she thinks it is and i think that whatever it is um is like biding its time and like kind of figuring out like what to do with her. Cause we, th- we think it's attached to her. One note on that, Dylan. Um, I've been in contact with crystal since we left. Mm. Um, there's been an innumerable amount of people who have been scratched since we've investigated that place. It seems like the dark, the dark activity is like really picking up. People are getting scratched almost on the daily at the six room house. Dude, so yeah. when you said that, like, you think that this is, like, more attached to her and it's kind of biding its time, do you think that um, she was haunted beforehand for, like, pulling all this evidence, like, all this, you know, like, the stuff in the museum in and it just kind of, like, made the situation worse? I think, um, uh, so, okay. yeah, it's, it, it, yeah, who's to say? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think definitely um, she claims and i do believe her that she knows how to open and close the the ouija board and stuff but even by doing that like um i think yes her husband bringing in all these things and that energy you know being attached to them i call dark energy like an oil spill Mm. so you know you can get oil off of you right with some you know the cute little duck with the dawn dish soap right you can get the you can get the oil off it just if you don't cleanse yourself properly or you don't it it stains you for a while and you carry it with you and it follows you and it and it stays around and the more you do it and the more you collect and the more rituals that you do and séances that you do it just keeps building up until you you're you're like a you know muck from Pokemon. You're just covered in just goo, and it's just hard to escape it. You know what I mean? Right. And it just perpetually gets worse and worse and worse. And depending on the person, um, it can be to the point, the breaking point, or you can be so experienced that you just deal with it, and you're like, cool, this is sick. You know what I mean? Like it just depends on the person. For sure. So is this entity you think like? Just building off, you said it was like a vortex. So it's like building off of all the negative energy, uh, getting stronger to for for its own goal. Like, what does you think it could potentially be trying to do? Do they have goals? I guess, or do they kind of just exist? Well, I can speak at the sixth realm house. We don't really know for mm-hmm. sure because it's not like these entities come forward and say, "Hey, this is exactly what we're trying to do." Um, I know after we left the place that Crystal told us that people are getting scratched, they're being attacked more. 
I know that me when me and Dylan and his wife were there, we were trying to call out some demonic force that was allegedly in the house. Um, and then at the end of our video, you know, I got severely scratched and burned all over my neck and shoulder. I can pull that up for you. Yeah, and then apparently after we left, people are getting scratched almost every time they take a tour at this place. Which, if you study demonology or follow demonology or anything like that, when a demon knows that you're onto them, and he, you might know their name or you might know what their goal is, they don't necessarily like that. and they're, They want to detract you from that goal, from learning their true name. Which, you know, if any, you know, you watch exorcisms or anything like that, or study, like, anything like that, um, once you know the demon's name, um, they become an adversary to you in demonology. Um, we didn't learn what the demon's name was, but, we, you know, we were calling out. We we're like, we don't think you're this nice spirit. We think you're a dark spirit. We think you might be a demon. And we call it out, you know, during our investigation. And then we leave, and now everybody's getting scratched after we left this place. So... I'm not saying it's a hundred percent a demon, and this is what's going on, but it's certainly interesting to think about. It is pretty yeah. wild that like you guys are there investigating, and it scratches you, but that people just transient through on a tour are getting scratched too. Like they're not even, you know, they're like I'm not saying you guys are antagonizing it, but like you're trying to get it to interact with people. Right. Yeah, maybe you guys. I are mean, not, we're not antagonizing. Yeah. It's it's uh, and and for people who who think, oh, you're full of shit, right? Here's the Six Rum House Instagram. We have had so many people getting scratched since your experience. You can see it written out right there. Yeah, yeah. And the, you you can see his uh, his chest is like really red here. Dude, it hurts so bad. I we woke put some up pop on it, but morning, it hurts so bad. I think we'll this is sure I'm sleep. It's gnarly. Um. Yeah, he's got it up here, here, oh, that's here. Seriously wrong. <laughs> I'm like, I need to wake up uh, Dylan and Alice because uh, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, of course, we put a little bit of a pop filter on there just so you could see the outlines a little bit. It's, it was obviously not this easy to see, but that's By a great thing. By the time I about... got to Dylan and Alice and I woke them up, um, the actual burns in the video were like maybe 50% less severe as to what they were initially. Yeah, he, he had just woken up and taken this, and then he was like, holy shit. And then he woke me up, and uh, I think there's a third. So this oh, here we go. This is, this is me me half asleep. So you can see it on his neck Whoa. here. And oh, his yeah. shoulders there, here, there. You can see it here and here and all over his – it's like a cat attacked him or some, something like that. Like you know? yeah. There's like dragon claws like all over my yeah. chest and neck like, and patterns of three. It was super weird. How, yeah. how long very, did very, stay very, on very, you? Very about about 50 minutes, and after that, about 20 minutes later, it's like nothing ever happened. There was no issue. Never yeah, happened. That so that's why I woke up, uh, you know, Dylan and Alice. So I'm like, am I going crazy? Like, look at me. Look at me. Like, it doesn't hurt as bad now, but look at me still. Right. Know? Yeah. So that sensation woke you up, like that feeling, like, around your neck. No, about it's four or five in the morning, it was extreme. I would say it was about a seven or eight out of ten. I thought I was on fire. I thought I had a third degree burn. I thought I had been sunburned in my dream. Like I absolutely had to wake up because of how painful it was. Dude, and imagine that too, like being dead asleep, right? Like you're dead asleep. Let's say like you have a an itch or something, right? Or something's something because hey, let's put it this way. You sometimes you have itches in your sleep, right? That are like really itchy and you're still half asleep itching and you fall right back asleep. Mm-hmm. So how painful or how severe does a sensation have to be to wake you up out of a dead sleep 
to recognize that something's going on. Usually that doesn't happen. And he's a freaking heavy sleeper, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, he, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of weird, man. Like it looked like something like jumped on top of him. and was like claws all over your chest and shoulders. That's exactly how I envisioned it. Like something almost like sitting on your chest, just kind of going to town. Sleep paralysis demon or something. Dude, sleep paralysis, man. I think it I think it plays into too is that you know the dream state the dream and the sleep state is a meditative state right it's a you're you're very you're very in line with your your mind and your body is not there right so all you have all you have is your mind and it's not protecting you mm-hmm. so these spirits and these things are able to they know that when you're in this meditative state that you're not in control of your body and you can't like move away or fight back or run like you're just sleeping so they're like "Mm, perfect let me mess with him now the most times that i've ever been messed with at hill house is when i'm sleeping because you're defenseless right and your mind isn't there your conscious mind isn't there to protect you so they just sneak right in and they're just like cool we're just gonna this guy up it's just and it happens totally opportunistic (laughs) maybe that's why they call it the six rum house yeah yeah, it's a esoteric, uh, esoteric meaning of uh, you know, and esoteric by the way means mystical, right? Okay. Of 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 the mystical, right? So the Buddhists believe that the sixth realm is the so they have eight realms, uh, right, Brian? Eight, nine, nine, nine realms of existence, nine planes, if you will, of your spiritual journey. And the sixth realm is the dream state or the the you know the yeah the dream realm, and that's where, where these realms are closest. To our realm so that's where our spirits tend to communicate so that's why they call it the six realm house so like you, you guys obviously know a ton about this stuff not on more than just like a a cursory level so like what got you into wanting to understand in a deeper way like this you know esoteric um level of knowledge about like different realms and different cultures and their beliefs in the supernatural like what got you into that Brian, you can go first because I got to get some water because he has very interesting uh, points on this. For sure, man. Yeah. So me getting into like the esoteric or like, you know, the supernatural, whatever you want to call it, whatever people want to believe. Right. Um, Me personally, about two years ago, um, I went to bed one night unassumingly. Just going, you know, I'm going to work the next day. It was like a Wednesday or Thursday night. Um, I ended up having a dream that was so realistic that I came out of my body and I saw myself sleeping in my own bed, looking at me um, outside of my, uh, I was in my room and I could see myself sleeping. I could see my spouse sleeping and everything was real, but I was outside of my body and I looked into it and it's something that's called astral projection. Yeah. And I looked into that more and I'm like, well, what did I just experience? What was that? I didn't mean to do it. I just experienced something. And it's like, oh, well, that's when you come out of your body and you experience, you know, reality outside of your body, you know, as your soul or as, you know, spirits would. And, you know, I had this profound, I can't tell you how profound it was. It changed my entire life. I can't tell you how profound it was. I told, I told my spouse about it. I told Dylan about it. I'm like, you know what? I'm open to investigating the paranormal because I think there's an afterlife because, you know, I've seen the world outside of my own body and it just, it just so happened to be. And we kind of dove into it after that. And I just accepted that maybe when you close your eyes and when you pass away or whatever you want to call it, that it's not all dark, that there might be something else. There might be 
an afterlife. There might be something beyond, right? So that's what really opened it up to me, uh, you know, personally for me. Uh, Dylan? Uh, all right. So I'm not in – don't indulge esoteric as much as him. I think it's profoundly interesting. Um, I just never really pursued the mystical side of things. I just tried to always like – I was really – brought into the spirits more in the traditional haunting uh, pursuit because you know when i was a kid when you had the um that first like conscious realization that you're not immortal and you um you eventually die it scared the crap out of me it was like one of my biggest fears and uh that pursued me this is probably when i was like seven or something like six or seven and I started watching Ghost Adventures, and I thought that was, like, the most amazing thing ever. So once that happened, I was like, oh, this stuff must be real. Let me look into it more. So I started reading about different types of hauntings. And, you know, we're talking about residuals, you know, uh, PK manifestations, you know, uh, intelligent hauntings, demonic hauntings, all these different things. And I just started reading and reading and reading and watching and reading, and I just came to know all this stuff about it. And when I was about 20, 20 I formed mp paranormal off of a joke um really going out with some buddies and these no so we were there's a place in uh, el reno uh oklahoma that's right outside of oklahoma city called concho native american school and actually uh, i'll show you it's kind of it's funny that the footage is so bad but it's like my first ever paranormal capture and i did not expect it like i thought ghosts were real and i didn't expect to find anything and we caught a we caught what I thought was a um, apparition of a little kid running across a the room. It's pretty gnarly. Um, see, what you'll hear. See, what he is thinking like, oh, you know, I'm just going to do this because maybe, maybe they're there. And then the time you do it, you're like, what the heck was that? And it just flipped a switch. Yeah, this guy's like 12,000 views on Instagram. It kind of blew up. Wow. Yeah. So you'll when I turn on the sound, you're gonna hear this like it's in quarter speed, so you can hear it. But you're gonna hear like this sound. We heard a whistle, okay. And in the Cheyenne Arapaho culture, whistling in the dark, the, the native tribe that lives there, uh, in their culture, whistling in the dark is a bad omen because it beckons bad spirits to you. So the the security guard we were with is like, who the hell just whistled? Don't whistle. And I didn't understand why he said that. But when you go and you listen to it in full speed, which I lost the the regular clip to, to time, unfortunately, because this was like five, six years ago. Damn. But it was, a, it was a plastic whistle. And to our right of the screen, when it pans left, there's a gymnasium off to 45 degrees to our right. And it sounds like someone blows a whistle and a spirit of a kid runs towards the whistle like he's going to play basketball or something. You can hear that echo of that whistle. So there's a guard. There's my homie. From left to right. Right there. Runs right across the screen. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. I'll play it one more time. Kids going back for lunch after teacher. (laughs) Yeah. There's the whistle. He's Naruto running to class. Yeah. I had a kid in high school that used to do that. It was weird. I think we all did. (laughs) Yeah. I was about to say that. There he goes. Uh. Right there, dude. Dude, that's amazing. Even creepier. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. It's crazy. You can see it on video, like pretty clear. You there saw it with your eyes, and I bet that was like 
really like what the heck well here's the thing is that we didn't see it with our eyes um because that that was a quarter speed so imagine that full speed it was the blink of an eye right yeah and okay. and um what was really interesting is another time sorry i i have so many things to show i keep closing down my Dude, my oh, screen share Okay, so this was really interesting. So unfortunately, I was a rookie when I was doing this. So I was filming in freaking uh, portrait mode on Facebook Live like an idiot. So that's why it's so grainy. And I took a picture on my my monitor. But uh, this is a door frame. Mm -hmm. Okay, and it's here should be right here, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's not a person. That's a shadow figure. Oh. Yeah. So this was, um, so if you know anything about frames, frames are about one one hundredth of a second or something like that, somewhere around there. Um, so there was that, this was the first frame and this was the second frame. Looks so you like can see this black mass. Mm -hmm. So Looks you like can see closer to you. Mm -hmm. So you can see like it's, it is grainy and I understand that it's pixelated, but this isn't uh, what do they call it? Paradelia, where it's like, I'm seeing shapes in the darkness. That's not what this is. Right. You can clearly see someone peeking around the door and you can see past him to the back of the wall and the carpet area here. And then right. the next frame, there is a clearly a black smoky mass with like smoke. Yeah, you can you can see it like like it's like smoking. It's so strange. Yeah. Um, and the camera has only moved as far as the camera can move in one one hundredth of a second. So the perspective has not changed severely enough for it to cause any sort of uh, crazy matrixing in the in the video. So I thought that was cool. But what I was going to get at is during this video, um, when we went into the gymnasium, right? Um, Cause y'all can't see my camera. Can you, you can just see the screen. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll close it down one more time. So when we, when we went into the gymnasium, we walk in and there's a basketball in the center of the court. Okay. And we're like, Oh, we're like, okay, it's a gymnasium. No problem. Basketball makes sense. So we walk up to it and we're about to dribble it to use like a trigger object, you know, shoot some hoops. Hey, kids, come play, whatever, you know, and yada, yada, yada. Guard says, don't touch that. And we're like, you know, we're not trying to disrespect anything, right? I'm, I'm very big about that. I'm not trying to disrespect anybody's culture or whatever. So I was like, cool. I was like, why? He's like, look at it. And I was like, okay. I never took a picture of it. It never dawned on me at the time because I was so shocked. But there was a coin sitting on the basketball it was a quarter and it was sitting on the basketball to where like it was almost falling off and their culture they would they do similar to like how vikings would do a viking funeral or, or like how uh the greeks would send people to across the river sticks by putting uh coins on the eyes of the dead yep. right the gymnasium used to be the where they would hold uh funerals for the deceased in the in the basketball court and there was a quarter which is what they would put on the eyes of people that would pass to uh, pay the uh, the 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 how should you call it the the guardian spirits or the transition spirits to take them to the afterlife and it was just sitting right on the basketball but that's just where that kid had run into that direction and now there's a coin and a basketball sitting perfectly center court whoa wild Dude, what <laughs> yeah it was weird yeah, it was it was weird. I you know I slapped myself in the head. I'm like, why didn't I take a picture of that? But I wasn't thinking the same way that I think now. You know, right, what right, I mean, right. it was you know, years and years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was cool. So obviously, you guys have had a bunch of experience while you're investigating. But what's like a story that has so something that's happened to you outside of investigation, like in your own personal life, that you would say was like, um, you know, it's carried with you. 
Uh, I mean, I have my story, and Brian knows that one. (laughs) Yeah, I think Dylan knows my story as well. It's whoever wants to go first, I suppose. Uh, Yeah, I guess I can go first. Um, (laughs) Let me see if this is the right one. Flip a coin off a basketball to determine who goes first. Yeah, so this is from my house in Oklahoma City. Um, So I'll play the clip, play the clip, and then I'll – there's a bunch of clips I could show, but this is the one, one of the most profound ones. Um, basically, I was my wife was with me, but no one was home, and my other three roommates were deployed to the Middle East at the time. And no one's home, and I have a blink camera in my living room, and I have a doll that I bought off of Etsy, like a dumbass, uh, as an experiment <laughs> to see if I could buy something haunted. But I don't think she was the problem. I think I brought something home from Hell House, and she acted like a dark beacon, if you will, for them mm-hmm. to find me. But if you if you observe the right side of the screen very quickly, you're going to see a white figure pass towards the kitchen, and then you're going to hear some voices. All that bumping and thumping was nobody. I'll let it play through again. Watch this area so you can see the uh, figure. yeah dude it sounds like a couple people are talking and like whatever that was was just like peeking real fast you know what i mean like mm-hmm. yeah thing on? And, it's like it knows the camera's there and it's just it's like oh yeah and then it escalated to this so this was fourth of july um i was having a house party and i think i pissed off whatever spirits were in my house uh, this was my arm and my back started burning. So everybody's like, oh, you just scratched your skin. I was like, bro, like, okay, maybe I did this, but I sure as shit did not do this. Nope. Uh, that, that was all you did. We talked about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't even know if I can reach that part of my back. I'm so flexible. Yeah. Um, dude, that looks like it broke your skin. You have to reach pretty hard. Uh, just for the, just for the record, in the back of my head, I have no skin issues whatsoever. Yeah, it looks like it broke skin, or is that just like the the picture, like right there? Uh, no, it broke skin right there for sure. 100%. Yeah, that one hurt like a bitch. Um, but so basically, what I think happened is when I came back from Hill House. Uh, so I always anoint myself with holy oil, as long as most of my people do. But somebody left early. And I worked with that person. So what I think happened is something jumped on board with him and followed him home and then was with him where he was going. And when I showed up to work, it was like, oh, there's that motherfucker. And then followed me home because they know me. Yeah, yeah, they know me. I've been there a hundred times. Like I'm, they, they know me by my first name at Hill House. Those spirits do. Um, And it came home and it it ruined my life for like two months. I definitely want to hear more about Hill House. Uh, in a bit, but like, how did you resolve that situation? You said that it ruined your life for two months. Like, dude, that fucking sucks. So I'm a, a an extremely resilient person, and when these Hill House clips come up uh, that you'll see, uh, you can ask Brian how freaked out I was. It takes a lot to freak me out just based on That's the exposure. Uh, he's always telling me, he's like, bro, I need, I need you to like, like, uh, so some sort of expression when we're doing these videos, cause I need some <laughs> thumbnail content. I was like, bro, it's just hard for me because I'm so used to the to the stuff i'm just like i'll do the, the most you'll get out of me is like 
like that, right? I'm not going to freak out or anything, right? So what this was freaking me out though. Um, so basically what I did is I just, I just held resolute the whole time and I would walk around my house and I would say, you motherfuckers are not going to bother me. I said, I will not give in to you. Fuck you. This is my house. Get out now. And they wouldn't get out. So I was like, cool. You want to play, want to play games? Sweet. So I just played prayer music and like religious texts, like as loud as I could in the living room, just to annoy them. I would go around the house with the Bible and I would just read out of the Bible and just annoy them. And just like, eventually really what I think happened is I was an atheist at that point. And, um, my friend who runs the Hill house texted me and she says, maybe God is doing this as a test. And I was like, Hmm. kind of bounced back in my head for a little bit. But the miraculous thing was, is that, you know, you know, I don't go to church or anything like that, but I do believe in God now. And I remember looking up at my ceiling and calling on Michael to come help me. And uh, I said, you know what? You win. I was like, I believe. And I swear to shit, two days later, maybe it all stopped. Well, the spirits, do you think maybe they, they knew you were an atheist? And then the second you actually believe, they're like, oh, crap, we got to go. There's an interesting, there's an interesting thought that no matter what God you believe in or who you believe in, um, you know, there's people that say that the religion is right and others are wrong and stuff. But I think it's the intention of the fact that there is a God and whatever shape or form that he takes, right, or where he is, um, that all the religions kind of like believe in the same type of God, right? They're different names, but they're the same thing. That's just my personal opinion. And that when you have belief in it, in that system, that if these things are like, like, I didn't believe in demons until I met Toby, who we'll talk about in a minute. And I said, okay, if he's real, then angels have to be real. And if this thing is a demon and his name is Asmodeus, um, you know, that's a biblical name. This has to make sense. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like now they're like, okay, this person is protected by God and you know what I mean? And X, Y, and Z. And they're like, okay, we can't really, they'll try or, but I don't know. I, I don't know. It's so, it's so, it's like chaos theory nothing, nothing makes sense. Right. We just, yeah. you can just subjectively associate that these things are correlated and hope that it's true. That's really the life of paranormal. It's almost the like, touch on go ahead, Zach. Thank you. To touch on, like you were saying, uh, like all the religions, uh, it, should, it matters more. So if you just believe in something, I've always thought that like every religion has like a piece to the puzzle. And mm -hmm. if they could all just come together, they could probably put the whole puzzle together and figure it out. But we, we as humans won't because we're ignorant. But um, well, I encourage you to, uh, you know, if you're ever so curious, look up a thing called Gnosticism. It's not one belief system, there are several, and mm -hmm. it seeks to combine to kind of multiple religions into one train of thought, if you so will. I, you said I told Gnosticism? Yep. Yeah, Gnosticism. Yep. Or Gnosis, Gnosticism or Gnosis, yes. Okay, thank you. I totally agree with that because when you look at a lot of different cultures around the world, we all have very similar things. Like, Brian, you and I have talked before about how a lot of different cultures sure. have, have a, a flood story, you know what I mean? And these cultures yeah, never touched one another so to speak um but going back to what you're saying about like um we all believe in like a god whatever that is to you specifically maybe it's the fact that like you said when you believe what you're believing in they know has some sort of authoritative power over them so it doesn't necessarily you know have to be like the christian god or like you know or like the catholic version of god versus like the protestant version of god or whatever you know what i mean it's just yeah. that 
that belief is in something that has authority over them in general. Yeah. Gnosticism teaches that um, Christ is like a cosmic force that comes down uh, through the universe that comes to restore order um, as necessary. And it's happened uh, several times throughout human history. You know, whether it be Krishna or whether it be Christ or whether it be Buddha, you know, whatever name you want to name it, um, there have been several like influential figures that have come through through human history who have kind of had the same message, but they were different people at different times throughout human history. And some people will think that's heresy. Some people will think, you know, whatever they want to think. But me personally, I think that's interesting. And I think it's worth studying. And I think yeah. um, us trying to figure out, you know, what the heck it's all about. I think that's worth peering into 100%. Well, there's the human nature, right? You don't want to be wrong, especially in something you believe forever. Absolutely. So like if, you, if you had someone who grew up that was just like full-blown full blown Catholic their whole life, and then you come up with that other idea, just if they don't think of it outside of their current faith or their current belief system, then they'll never think of it that way. They'll just be stuck forever. And well, it's I interesting. Think, oh, good, good, good. I think, oh, well, I was actually going to turn it over to you, Dylan. I think Dylan has really good... Uh, I guess a uh, reference or, or term, whatever you want to call it, the more you try to understand the paranormal, the less it makes sense. Um, Dylan, if you want to add on to yeah. that. So basically my, my thought is, is like what, what bothers me about the paranormal community. Uh, one was the one point I made about over, over hyping small things that happen and grasping for straws. Two is the, the belief that someone can understand the paranormal. It is legitimate chaos theory. It cannot be put into the scientific method. It's not observable uh, under specific conditions, measurable under specific conditions, or recreatable under specific conditions. There is nothing you can do to make paranormal activity happen. It is like fishing. You throw the line out, you set the hook, and then you sit there and drink your beer until the fish bites. That's literally what it is. And there's people that run around and they say, well, uh, oh, well, we know what's going on here. And it's like, no, like for Hill House, for example, that fucking house is the most unbelievable place on planet Earth. It Great is job. unbelievable. It has layers to it and it shifts and it morphs like the Hill House that I knew in 2018 is not the Hill House that I know in 2023. It's a completely different place. The activity has changed and morphed and new secrets have come out. So the Warrens, uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren talk about the 28-day cycle. You ever heard of it? No. So the 28-day cycle is a theory that Ed and Lorraine Warren established through their thousands of cases that it takes 28 days of investigation to peel back the veil of a location, meaning that you need to stay there for a month to fully understand what is going on in a house. And nobody does that. Nobody has ever done that, not to my knowledge, um, where you must literally live there and breathe it and investigate it and ask all the right questions and so on and so forth. And the more that you're in that location, the more the energy connects with you. It takes time, right? You only get a little piece of it. It's like a shaving of energy connection when you're in there for eight to 12 hours. Now, you know, their theory is that there's investigations that they investigated for like a month, like the Amityville house and the, um, the uh, Perrin family farm and all that stuff where they really got to peel the layers back and understand the haunting. That's why they got the, came to the conclusions that they came to because they were there for so long. 
But these people that bounce around to these locations are like, yeah, we know what's going on here. This is a demonic haunting. This is a residual. It's like you have no idea. You have this much idea if you've only been there one time and you've only been there for eight hours because you can't understand it. And the more you do, the more it'll drive you insane. I went through a phase in my life and I know Brian went through a phase uh, in his life recently where it's called it's called a reality shifting event to where you have these moments like for, for him and I, uh, I, for him, especially at least with the demonic side of things was the Toby video that we're going to show you. It was a reality shifting event for him. It was so incredibly tangible and real and intense that it completely shifted his perception of his understanding of like what spirits are and like what like these things are like it's, it's insane. I had the, and and the deeper you go down the rabbit hole is you literally spin out of control. Like you're like, you're thinking everything's a ghost. You, you, you fucking, you're thinking about like this, like cosmic web of thoughts. Like you, it's like, it'll drive you insane. You just got to consciousness. Yeah. You just got to leave it alone and let it be what it is. What he was saying. um, I had a, I had a massive theory because at, you know, haunted Hill house in Minerals, Texas, the spirit that is thought to be there that, that is negative, it's, it's thought to be Asmodeus, which if you study demonology or esotericism, Asmodeus is the high lord of hell. He's in charge of um, the demonic gambling halls in hell and that end of lust and greed. Um, so there's an esoteric text called the Lesser Key of Solomon. And in that text, it actually gives you instructions bit by bit how to command demonic forces to benefit yourself, which if you know anything about like King Solomon, he actually built his temple in Israel um, based off of these instructions. And that's how the whole book was built. You know, and that's, that's all alleged, whatever people want to believe at the end of the day. Right. At the end of the day, we called out, you know, Asmodeus um, as he was described in this text, this esoterical text that was written, you know, 13th, 14th century, or 15th, 16th century. Uh, yeah, 16th, 16th century, yep. Yeah, real long time ago. You know, and we were just like, you know, maybe it means something, maybe it doesn't. But people think that this is the demon that's occupying the space, so let's call him out. Like, are you here or are you not? And I think what Dylan's about to show you will kind of speak for itself. This is, uh, and I have two, the part one and the part two, right? So to us and to me, this is the most substantial piece of evidence that I've ever, we have ever gathered, right? And so me, when I was by myself, and then you know, me and Brian, when we, we linked up uh, uh, to revive MP Paranormal. <laughs> what I want people watching to understand is that we read, just like he said, we're reading scripture from a 16th century grimoire that has not changed since it was written. And this thing gets pissed, and you can hear it. So I'll spare you the like five minute break in between. So basically, he says, uh, "Are you Asmodeus? Are you the thirty th- seventh infernal spirit? Uh, do you have the head of a man, a bull, and a ram? Are your feet are webbed like a goose? You have a tail like a serpent, and you breathe fire, right?" And then he says, uh, "Can do you giveth the ring of virtue, which is the ring that Solomon had, right, uh, to command the demons?" And this was his response. Oh, my bad. I'm gonna have to be enjoying. Oh. I was like, what was his response? <laughs> yeah, I was excited what I was talking about. I forgot.
real chatty fatty a few minutes ago. What the? Did he just say, dude? That was really. Can deep. you hear that clear? Yeah, like it was. Yeah, the voice is really deep. He goes, motherfucker. It's multiple tones. When you're in person, the voice is a high tone, and it's also a low tone at the same time. It's the most bizarre thing you could ever hear. Yeah. So I'll play it again. Uh, I just want to make sure. Do y'all have me all the way up on my screen share volume? Yes. Okay, good. So he says, motherfucker, motherfucker. What? In person, we heard, motherfucker, I'll fucking kill you. (laughs) That's what we heard. Yeah. Whoa. What? Did he just say, dude? And remember when I said I'm not scared easily? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty scary. This is what I said about this. So Brian's like keenly awesome interested. Like, He's talking, dude. Listen, <laughs> yeah. hey, listen yeah. up. I don't realize the danger. I was disappointed. I'm like, I, uh, I guess we'll, I guess we'll not be here anymore. You think so? I think so. You think so? Not, not scary, but. I don't know if you can see my face, but I'm a little, I'm a little thrown about that one. I was scared as shit. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was scared. <laughs> I was, I was scared. I was scared. Dude, hell yeah, I'd be scared too. Um. So yeah. So that happened, right? And we go downstairs and we take a break and we're sitting in the kitchen, right? And we're just like, we're like, ha ha ha, right? You know, you know, when you almost die and you laugh about it, right? That's basically where we were at, and um, we're like, ha ha ha, like like Toby, right? And what a dick, and um. We're standing outside the curtain, and we hear him uh, hiss at us. Might not be able to hear it super well on here. I'm just going to leave my screen share up for a little while yeah, and yeah. talk because I don't want to uh, have to keep uh, yeah, bouncing good. back and forth like I'm doing right now. Um, so, so we're standing there, and you'll hear him go. It's like this that this noise. It's a little quiet, but you'll be able to hear it. Like a snarl. Yeah line of objective proof that he did not like us talking about what is written about asthma day and the lesser key you know what i mean yep i don't know if you could hear that a little bit yeah i heard that and you can hear some scrambling that's actually brian like panickingly <laughs> panickingly like, holy water man. the holy water yeah holy water man it was like kind of like right after you said his name Oh yeah, yeah. He doesn't like you talking about like him yep. talking about him, he, especially when he's pissed off. He doesn't want to hear you talking about him. Asthma day and the lesser key. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're like, you Your know what I mean? And he's like, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, like people who think that we're bullshit, like just look at my facial expression change like on the drop as soon as I hear that. He did not like us talking about what is written about asthma day and the lesser key. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like instant. Yeah, like, <laughs> wait a minute. 
Like I heard that. So we're, we're in the kitchen and we, we literally sealed the door with holy water. We're like in the name of the father, the son, and the Holy ghost, like the Lord protects us. You are not allowed in this room. And as we were doing that, like you could feel him on the other side of the curtain, like, like mean mugging us. Like it was like, he was right there. And it was like this foreboding. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Just this foreboding, nasty presence on the other side of it. Like I'm going to fuck you up. And sure. we, we go through it going back to the house about August 12th. So yeah, we'll see. we go, we go back. Right. And you know, he's still upset at us. Like my buddy Ryan shows up scratch and, um, it tells him to eat shit. <laughs> Would you mind saying that one more he time? makes a deal with a demon. Yeah. Basically Toby, said, Toby tells him, okay. Like that. Leave you so alone. It's, okay. It's coming up right here. He goes, eat shit. <laughs> He's got a bit of a potty mouth on him. What can you yeah. say? There it is right there. Blue Oh, yeah. You can hear him. It's clear. Yeah. Dude. Oh, yeah. Like that. Blue He's a little rude at times. He's super nasty, man. So, like, eat shit. Never been then... nice to us. Not once. And we go into the I kitchen. I think I asked him. What time? Why do you always have to I don't know. You know, it's it's worth asking the question. You know, why you got to be so mean all the time? And he's like, because. <laughs> yeah. He's highly intelligent. Like he's more intelligent than all of our brains put together. He's not. He's not a earthly force. Like he is all. He's like this. Like you know. He's this. He's. I don't know. He's. He's. He's an entity. He's a demon. Like he's like a fallen angel. His name was. Um, uh, as model he was he was a part and biblically he was a part of the order of the cherubim so he was part man part lion part bull and what happened is he joined lucifer in his rebellion against god and by punishment the archangel uh, raphael uh, tore the lion part of his body out and cast him out from heaven and in described in the grimoire he rides upon a lion which is uh, what I to I understand the lion part of his cherubim body that was thrown down to hell with him and now he rides it as a mount. Which if you ever hear Toby you might liken it to a cat growling or a lion or some kind of like some kind of animal just like screeching or growling at you. It's a very it's it's so hard to describe unless you've unless you know Toby and you know what he sounds like. You're like what does Toby sound like? Like Toby sounds like Toby. Like he's yeah. There's no other. There's no other way to describe him. It's multiple vocal tones. It sounds like an animal, but it also sounds human. There's no way that it's faked. There's no way that it's disembodied. People hear from different directions at the same time. It, wow. The, the way the the voice like stalks you as well. No matter where you are in the house, if you piss off Toby, he will be just behind your your heels, basically. Yeah. Why does he go by the name Toby? You said his name was like Osmodius. Well, in the book of Tobit, in the book of Tobit, um, there was actually, he was uh, exercised by, um, there were instructions given by God to take out the gallbladder of a fish. And those organs were burned, basically. And that was how Asmodeus was originally, you know, exercised as per the book of, it's called the book of Tobit. And the book of Tobit goes over Asmodeus and, you know, his biblical kind of how he's related in that realm. And Dylan, correct me if I'm wrong. 
Yeah, yeah. So no, you got it mostly right. Uh, so yeah, so but Raphael is involved, which is interesting because he's the one who threw Asmodel down from heaven, right? So the, the in the story, uh, Sarah is a woman who's plagued by a uh, a possession of a, a, a space possession, like she was not possessed, right? A haunting by Asmodeus, and he was killing his her husband, seven husbands, right? The eighth husband was named Tobias. Tobias is the one that called upon God for instructions, who then sent Raphael to tell him to take out the gallbladder of the fish and burn it, and that Asmodeus would appear, and in turn, Raphael would appear to vanquish Asmodeus. And it's the only time in recorded scripture that Asmodeus has been vanquished by a human involvement. So I think he calls himself Toby because it reminds him of Tobias and the book of Tobit. That's okay. that's that's yeah. my thought. Totally get that. It's like biblical. Um, yeah. So, so he was. Anyone can feel free to look that stuff up. Yeah. If he was like vanquished, how does he still exist? Like in this house, then? Like. Well, all earthly spirits are bound to this world. Um. So just because okay. you exercise them once from a space or from a person, doesn't mean that they're not free from the realm that we exist on, which is Earth. Okay. And you know, if you study es- esotericism. Or anything like that, like uh, the realm of Earth is, actually belongs to Satan. Exactly. Okay, makes sense. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the devil controls the Earth realm. Yep. And you know, and it's it's really interesting. And I've brought up the name Raphael in the Hill House before, and I've gotten growls. I don't know if it was from Toby, but I've gotten growls uh, in the name of of you know speaking Raphael um, and carrying on into the night. Right. So things calm down for just a minute. And then Ryan, our buddy, who's one of my best friends, uh, he's part of MP Paranormal. That's a good one. I love this. Yeah. He, he, walks, he walks out of the door and you hear him go, get the fuck out. So good. I see you. I hear you. Dude. I see you. I see you. I hear you. He's in carousel room. I love this man so much. He's he's a carousel. Carousel. Come on, let's All go. All the steel. This motherfucker. He's like, come on, fuck this motherfucker. Let's go. And I, that's what it takes to deal with Toby. Honestly, if you have anything less than that, he's gonna give you hell. He's gonna give you one heck of a night if you power away from him. <laughs> yeah. The second you show fear, he feeds off it. I bet. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I think I was telling Dylan. This afternoon, that I have a theory that if you back down from Toby, um, the rest of your night is absolutely washed. Like he's coming after you. Yeah. If you stand up to him, it won't be so bad. It's hard not to, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. You want to be safe than sorry, obviously, with uh, things that you don't understand and things that you can't see. It's always kind of somewhat sus, somewhat scary. So, better to err on the side of caution. Yeah, and it's it's I connect with him. Meaning, like, uh, let me I'll show you this clip, and then uh, I'll explain that part. So this is where he tells us all, um, "I'm gonna hurt you, and all you are mine." He's talking to us. Oh, that's a good one. You're in the hall, aren't you? Sorry about the beeping. This is that's a shadow detector. It uses ultrasonic, uh, ultrasonic sound to map the environment and also uses a what are those meters called they're uh, lux meters and they uh, take in the visible light and then they detect shadows and movement through ultrasonic vibrations and it beeps when something's moving around there's a shadow there so yeah no i feel a lot yeah. better now honestly. yeah there's something there. in the hall now you're gonna try to go to axe room or upstairs 
And then, oh, you're standing at the door frame, aren't you? I feel like he's standing right at the door frame looking at us. I heard that. I couldn't make out what that was. I couldn't hear it either. He Can't said, it. I'm gonna something. Whoa. Whoa. And I feel like he's standing right at the door frame play. looking at us. Just one more time. I heard that. I couldn't make out what that was. I couldn't hear it either. He yeah. said, I'm going to something. I mean, he screamed that, bro. Dude. Yeah. Literally, when can... he said those two sentences, I swear to God, like the house was shaking. Shaking. Hellowing. Yeah, um, I can... I really hope uh, on August twelfth when we go back to Holland Hill House that the mics that we have can better understand and better pick up what Toby sounds like, because what we hear and what we know and what we've documented does not do this spirit justice. It is absolutely terrifying. You can feel it as you hear it, and it sends a shockwave through you that shakes you to your bone, and it is beyond comprehension if you've never experienced a demon in your lifetime. Um, there's nothing else like it in the world. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. Although, you know, me and Dylan obviously seek this thing and we go back to it all the time. So maybe I do recommend it like on the low, but um, there's nothing like it in the world to hear some disembodied voice communicating with you from the beyond, from, from some direction and it's answering and everybody can hear it in the house. It's not subjective. Like, Oh, I heard it, but you didn't. Everybody heard it. Everybody heard it. The entire house shook. Like this house is possessed. This yeah. house is <laughs> this house is haunted. Like and everyone who is present, who is there to witness it, knows that to the bottom of their heart. And I, you know, I don't, you know, maybe go book a night at Haunted Hill House tomorrow. You know, I I don't know what it takes for people to believe. I just know, I. I believe before I went to Honda Hill House, but I was grateful to know and grateful to experience some of the things that the house has to offer because there's some things out there that just you can't explain. You can't explain. And if you're seeking for that, like go ahead and try to seek it out, try to find it. Um, that's what me and Dylan try to do, you know, on a bi weekly basis, I would say. Dude, but for, there's first off, there's like, some things in this world that we cannot explain. Completely agree. First off, when you described his voice before and just listening to it that way, like it almost says like that hissy cat ish, you know, that's, that's perfect. You know, secondly, when you were talking about like, um, seeking it out. And I think that what that does is almost like opens you up more to it. Even if you're not, um, when you're not trying, do you get what I'm trying to say? Like you're there on purpose, but even when you're not, on purpose yeah. trying to do that you're it kind of like tags you does that make sense oh i would like agree oil. with that personally yeah. me so it's um, the same idea the same idea where like uh you're like thinking of a certain type of car all of a sudden you'll mm. see that car all over the roads it was oblivious to you even though they were always there but now that you're thinking mm. about it you see it all the time it's the same thing if you actively are trying to seek out like the ghosts and demons you'll see them more often um, or their their experiences because now you're actually paying attention to it instead of it just going right by you, being oblivious to it. 
And I think a lot of people talk about, uh, and, and that concept in itself, uh, I completely agree with you, but to the person who's the more like, um, how should, how should we say the more, um, I approach these things very logically, right? Well, well, you're looking, you're thinking about it. So therefore you're subjecting yourselves to those conscious projections of these spirits and ghosts. It's like, no motherfucker. I was like, that thing just told me it was going to kill me. And I heard it with my ears. It's yeah. not that I'm projecting this consciously. It's like, no, but I completely agree with you. It's like you go into these places and the person that's oblivious to it is not paying attention to it, right? So when you really tune in your mind and your body to something, it's just like meditation where people are like, they, they meditate for the first time. They're like, bro, I could like feel the oxygen going through my body. I could feel it in my muscles. I could feel my muscles getting loose. Like we don't pay attention to our muscles getting tight and loose during the day when we're busy. You only pay attention to them when you sit down at the end of the day and say shit my neck is tight when did that happen or wow i feel really relaxed right it's it's when you're tuned into it right every in my personal opinion every single person on the planet earth has the innate capability to detect paranormal presences meaning that your mind is a muscle and the more you work it in certain fields just like mathematics and doing puzzles and rubik's cubes and x y and z that you will be able to sense these things. And the more you do it, the more prominent it is. That's why we experience more things than other people do because we're resonating with it and we're paying attention to it. And we've trained ourselves to listen for these things and feel these things. The example that I give is it's palpable energy. So have you two ever been to um, uh, so a funeral of a person that you didn't know who was in the casket, but you were there to support a friend or a family member? You ever been in that situation? I have not. What about you? I have, I have not either. Sorry, no. Okay, so maybe people listening, right? Maybe, yes, I have been in that situation. So people yeah. will notice that you don't give a shit who's in the casket. And that sounds bad, but people die every day and we don't bat an eye, right? It's mm -hmm. this reality of the world. When you go to these events, situations, you're there for your, your buddy or your family member, right? But you don't care who's in the casket, right? They're just another dead person. It's just the reality of it. But as people start to cry and get upset and the room fills with negativity, you are like, shit, my throat's getting lumped up. Why am I crying? This has nothing to do with me. But you feel the energy resonating off of people and it's sad. Vice versa, when you go from driving in your car and you walk into a nightclub or to a concert and everything feels light and fun and bubbly, everybody's having a good time and the energy's, the vibe's good, right? The vibe, it's not called the vibe because it's a freaking saying. It's literally the vibrations of our being resonating at different levels. Nikolai Tesla says, if you want to understand the secrets of the universe, you think in, uh, you think in resonance or, or vibration, frequency, and I can't remember the rest of the quote, but vibration and frequency, that all these things have these different resonances to them and they give off energy and it's measurable and it's feelable. You, you know what yeah. though? I think, um, have you ever walked into a room when you like kind of just knew people were talking about you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's yeah, kind of like the same thing, like the, whatever the hate or the, whatever the conversation about you going on in that room that is negative. You walk in, it's like your, your body, your mind, your spirit, like knows, you know what I mean? Cause it picks up on that. You know, something that you aren't seeing physically in front of you, but like, yeah. Animals do it all the time. Uh, how many, how many times, how many times do you see, um, or have you heard of birds, flocks of birds flying away before a freaking, a storm rolls in or an eagle is 
you know, I seen a video of a, a hurricane where an eagle was like uh, 200 miles outside of its natural nesting area because it was flying away from a hurricane that wasn't even on shore yet. How the hell does the, the birds don't have news? They felt mm-hmm. the shift in the environment and the weather and the barometric pressure and all that stuff, the electri- electricity in the air. And they're like, shit, something's wrong. I need to get out of here. You know what I mean? Dogs do it, right? You don't even have to do anything. Your dog knows you're upset because you're crying. It doesn't know what crying is. It's not sentient. to Their dogs are sentient, but they're not sentient to that level, right? And they're like, oh, owner is sad. Must lick face to make feel better, right? Because they feel it. They see you. You know what I mean? Like, it's all these things. And it happens all the time. And uh, did you ask a question about why, uh, did you ask a question about why Toby's in Hill House? I was going to. I was going to ask what the importance you see. That's it. You, you picked up on the vibe. You picked up on the vibe. But no, I was going to ask, true. what's the importance of that location that makes this demon be there? Why do you think he's there? Do you have an answer? Mm, yeah. So uh, I'd love to give the history. I just have to respect uh, Kathy, Catherine Estes. She's the owner. She doesn't like us talking about the history. 100% understandable because that's part mm-hmm. of the, you paid pay to go learn the history and stuff. So I can't talk too much about the history, but I can tell you about the location and how it's set up. So what's interesting about Hill House is Hill House is about 500 feet away from the notorious Baker Hotel, right? Which is a haunted uh, haunted hotel, right? 500 feet away. 200 feet away is White's Funeral Home. So it's like a triangle of like this energy if, if you will and there's uh people who do uh, energetic ley line mapping and stuff like that pseudoscience not actual science right realistically it's 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 energetic lines that these people draw out but if it is true there are three or there are, i can't say the exact number there are multiple ley lines that intersect underneath hill house there is actually a gentleman that comes from a university i'm not going to say his name or where he came from for his privacy but he comes to hill house to study Hill House for wormhole theory. Whoa. That almost that makes me think of like those spots where, um, you know, like vortexes. You ever visited like a, a natural vortex? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that is that kind of reminds me of that. Like the trees are sideways and like there's like, you know, weird where gravity doesn't exactly sit the way it does other places. Kind of makes me think of that. I think Hill House. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna correlate is it like kind of like the Bermuda Triangle or like there's the there's the opposite one. Um, it's over like in the Asia Pacific area. It's like on the opposite side of the world from the Bermuda Triangle, but it also has a bunch of weird stuff with like ships disappearing, but like they connect across the Earth. Yeah, um, yeah. We I think Hill House is a is a if you will a pit that traps things. I think that there is some sort of energetic. Um, shielding around this house not like you know the fucking you know clone wars you know where they drop the bubble shield or something like that right but um you know there's there's some sort of just force around this place that traps things um you know i tell people all the time uh that like have come to hill house like oh i want to talk to my aunt she passed i said do you not fucking dare call upon your dead family member at this house People do do it, and it's not like they're going to get trapped there. Uh, and at least that's, you know, uh, people have done it. And I just really tell people that I, I wouldn't recommend it. You know, if you can do it if you want. But I have this theory that it's a, it fucking sucks things in and they, they're they stuck there because of all the bad stuff that happened there. And it's just this freaking – so my brother has a pretty interesting perspective that low vibrational energies are heavy. Think of it like uh, cold air. 
and um, like high vibrational light light things. So the light uh, light beings and like good spirits and good energies are high vibrations. So these dark vibrations pull down and they're heavy and they trap things with them. Because uh, I always say that the dark is the the easiest to notice and the most consuming, but the light is the most purifying and the but but the hardest to reach. Right. And I think that all the, these negative things are like this, this oil spill that's just coated this house. And it's like tar. Tar is a perfect way to explain it. Tar. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to get out of there once you're stuck. There's, you can, but these things are trying not to escape. And why Osmodius is there is, I think, um, it's a couple of running theories. I do know that he, was, he, he came through through a summoning. I know that through a family that lived there. Okay. I uh, can't give away the specifics because it's part of the tour, but the family was into dark magic and dark ritualism, and they brought him through. And through Eddie, the husband, um, or, or Sonny, as everybody calls him, um, they were doing a REM pod method. So the REM pod is a little electromagnetic uh, device with an antenna on it, and the spirits can touch and break the field and answer it. And they said, Toby, how long have you been here? I wasn't there for this, but I trust him with anything he tells me because he's never lied to me before. How long have you been here? And it, it hit 12 times. Bop, 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 12 times. So 12 years, and lo and behold, that lines up to when the family left uh, the house, when it was vacated by the family. So, he- Dude, honestly, listening to you describe that is very similar to listening to like a physicist describe a black hole. You know, there's like that event horizon where once you go past that light can't escape, right? All these things get sucked into it and they're stuck there, right? As far as like what we know about black holes, I'm not a physicist. Uh, But that's like, it honestly just made me think of that. It's like this giant drain and you're getting sucked into it. And then once you're there, you can't get out of it. Like there's the whole time you were talking about it. That's what my brain was thinking. It's something about Hill House. Oh, go ahead, sir. Go ahead. I was I was wanting to touch on something you said earlier, Dylan. You were talking about how like uh, you know pe- families go there to like call their dead relatives and stuff. Some do, uh, yeah. Demons they can, or demons and spirits, or I'm assuming like the bad ones, like mimic. They can they can lie, right? And so would it like be the, exactly? Would it be the benefit of like Toby? Like you go there and you're like, I want to talk to my aunt, and then he's like, Hey, I'm your aunt. What's up? And now he's like living off of experience and getting the energy from you and kind of like, cause that's deceitfulness and that's a negative thing. And now he's getting stronger because you showed up. Yeah. It's one of the things of a paranormal. I mean, you can, you can take evidence. You could hear things, you know, whether they're AVPs or EVPs, or you thought you heard something or the ovulus tells you, you know, you hear something through a spirit box, like, Oh, that's my aunt. But, the same time it's like okay we've got to think about where we're at right now yeah we're in the middle sure. mineral walls this place used to be you know a parlor house or whatever whatever it used to be a gambling house and then um do you really think your lost dead relative is going to communicate with you there maybe right maybe we're not we're not the end all be all you hear something mm-hmm. you believe something you experience something that's meaningful to you nobody can take that away from you right at the same time, it's like, uh, how likely is it that your, you know, passed away relative is going to show up at this house just because you willed it to be? There are several entities in this in this house that are intelligent. They might try to play off of you. They might try to take yeah. advantage of you. That's it's very like likely. Why you don't screw around with Ouija boards? Because you don't know what you're talking to. 
you know, you're just using the planchets and it's moving around. Like, um, you just can't know, you know what I mean? Even if I guess something manifested in front of you, you yeah. can't know. Like, you know, I wanna, me and Dylan couldn't tell you cause me and him have never played with Ouija boards. So yeah. I mean, me, me neither. It's just like the common, you know, reason why you don't fuck around. With well, the big thing is the Zozo demon, um, which comes through on Ouija boards. If you yep. summon him, um, you might as well, you know, keep running because you're going to have a rough time. Do you yeah, know he's, uh, he's Pazuzu. If you know anything about him. I've heard about Zozo before. Yeah. yeah he's, he's, he's been written about since the 1300s in Europe. Yeah. yeah. Very old that, history. There's that ghost adventures episode about it too. But like, um, like you said, he's, it's really, really old. Maybe I can. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to find a uh, a, a little short from. Oh, here it is. Oh, dude. Okay, so uh, warning uh, to anybody listening: this is the most. I know of the, these people are good friends of the Estes's. They're not bullshitters. I can tell you with my heart on the line that these people are not bullshitters. This is one of the gnarliest guttural demonic noises that I've ever heard in my life. It sounds like he bellows from the pits of hell. That's a warning. Gotta love it. Love to hear it. So yeah, it's it's pretty tough. Um. You hear it? Jeez. Yeah, this isn't us saying this. This is other people who have been there. Yeah. It literally sounds like a lion. It does. If you follow Haunted Hill House, you know, on Facebook or Instagram, whatever it is, every single day they're providing content of EVPs or AVPs. So you can know, you know, you can you can sleep soundly knowing that it's just it's not just me and Dylan like, you know, purporting this or believing this or alleging or maybe this. You can't sleep soundly because that's pretty scary. Tons of people have been to this house and they do not know what's going on in the house. And everyone experiences this disembodied voice that cusses out at them. And it's not just me and Dylan. So we, that voice is not Toby, first off. That's something else. Okay. Uh, I mean, you can hear it. I I think it says, what, something, what are you doing in here? I'll be right back, team. That's that's what I thought it said. It says it says an audible. What are you doing in here? Because you could hear that deep bellowing, like gurgle, right? Yeah. Um, I think me personally, this is me. Uh, I think it is. Uh, so in that house, uh, I'll show you my Instagram. I'll show you this uh, uh, picture that I took. Um, well, why, why around the subject? Just of scratches and stuff. This was one that Toby gave me <laughs> on my on my back. It's one that Toby gave me. Um, it's a little war scar that I have, and I actually have the follow up picture of two similar scratches that he gave me. Right, this one. So this one, and then boom, this one. Same exact mark, different places on my body. I say it almost looks. That one looks inverted to the one that is on your back. Yeah. Yeah, um, to me, it looks like a Roman numeric four, and that's very symbolic to Toby, who represents the fourth deadly sin, which is lust. 
Oh, I agree. And greed. It does look like that. Yeah. So, yeah. These were about a month apart. Um, but there's a box in Hill House. This box in specific. So that's a scratch mark that I got on my thigh. Um, so the day that this box was brought in, this was given to Kathy um, by a woman who um, gave it away. So the doll in the box, her name is Violet. And on her arms and her legs, she has porcelain sixes, three of them to be exact. And not carved in, they are stamped into her. The doll was created with Roman numeric sixes on her body. These solid yeah these pieces of cloth here have blood on them and it is believed that this was used through satanic ritualism to curse people through demonic hexes in the name of the demon ball who is so toby is the 37th infernal spirit out of 72 meaning he's 36 on the power scale if you will if we're thinking you know power level 9000 with you know the you know, dragon ball z yeah. and bale would be like power level Fucking 999,999. Mm. Um, he is uh, one of the original seven. So the seven that fell, right? So we talk about Abaddon, Baal, Lucifer, right? Um, so, excuse me, he was a spawn of the original seven. Um, and Toby is a spawn of those seven, if you will. Um, he's connected to those Dude, seven. It's weird. You're talking about this. Like, it, like I don't know. That gave me like. Really, Makes you uncomfortable? Yeah. Like, no, not like, no, no, keep it up. Like, I'm saying, like, yeah, like that. You could you do not want to mess with that shit, dude. Yeah. I, I think that that was Ball that you heard. And I think of him almost like how Voldemort has his horcruxes, that he is so powerful that he can project himself like an echo of himself, if you will. So you said you said he was asking, like, what are you doing here? Do you think he was talking to whoever was recording that video? Or, like, maybe he was, like, asking Toby what he was doing there? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, I know that uh, Toby is powerful, but he beefs with other powerful things. Almost, it's a power struggle in the house, right? Who's the kingpin? Um, so it's either Ball or it is. So Twin Paranormal was at the Hill House. They did a video. Highly recommend people check that video out. By the way, the night that I was attacked by a demon at Haunted Hill House, highly, highly, highly recommend it. Okay. Um, um, it was. It's one of the most amazing investigations that I've ever seen of Hill House. But um, they have a demon that follows them by the name of Kevin. Uh, it's kind of a funny name, like Kevin, Kevin the Cucumber from SpongeBob. I have all these references. I can pull them out of my ass whenever I want. <laughs> uh, right, no, kind of a, simple names at times. Yeah, simple name, right? Uh, what was interesting is that um, they think Kevin was, was sucked into Hill House. That video was taken after Twin Paranormal was in the house. And that's a new voice. We don't know who that is, right? Uh, that's a new voice. Um, it adds credence to your theory about it being a tar pit. Yeah, where is James's face? Do I have that picture on here? I don't. I was going to talk about the time. There's some theory that like places that exist, negative things happen inside of them. The walls, or like the very stone, the quartz within that place, kind of captures what happens in there, almost like a record player, almost like if you're weaving like some kind of clay or something, you know, when you, when you go back and you record, if they were to put like a record player off of like an Egyptian, like, um, Voss or something, you could literally hear the people talking as it, you know, as if the people were, who were actually making the vase were actually there. So it's called the stone theory where, you know, in these locations where things happen, that energy is captured into the literal like facade or the literal, 
like where people exist, like in the actual stone, in the actual where people are existing at. And these haunted locations that have been around for, you know, a couple hundred years, and even in Europe where it's been longer than that, um, that's where the big theory of like, okay, well, this residual energy is here. Why is it here? What happened here? And then people look at the history. They look at the history and they're like, okay, well, the history is saying that the same kind of things are happening. So, you know, I'm not saying it's a certain science or anything like that, but it's definitely interesting to think about. Yeah, I, I got to find, uh, I'm trying to find the, I have so many messages and stuff from her. I'm just trying to find you a, a, all the time, dude. <laughs> can y'all, can y'all see this? I'm not trying to close her. Uh, yeah, we can see yeah, it. We, we can see it. Uh, let me let me find it and I'll bring it back up. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so basically, my buddy had angelic numbers burned in his face. That's a fucking you want a story, bro? That's a that's a quite story a and story. a half. It's quite the story. Um, man, so we had a homie that went to Haunted Hill House with us. His name is James Malloy, one of my favorite uh, techs that I ever got the pleasure of meeting, and he wanted to believe in ghosts so bad. And he ended up coming to Hill House with us one night. And uh, not to air his dirty laundry, he was having some problems in his life and stuff like that. We'll keep it to a minimal on that. Sure. But basically, this was the one time that he was able to come to Hill House after about two years of wanting to go to Hill House. And it, basically what happened is he was talking shit to the, to the spirits because he was getting frustrated that nothing was happening. And I said, <laughs> brother, I said, you really need to be careful. I said, I, me, they know me. I can talk my shit, right? They know we have a rapport. I have a rapport with the spirits, right? If I want to antagonize, if I want to talk shit, I know who to talk shit to and I know how to do it. You do not be careful. Um, and basically the, the night goes on and he goes into the ax room and he sits down on the bed and he's in there by himself. He goes, hey, Dylan, I'm going to go check out this room by myself. I was like, yeah, bro, go, go ahead, man. Check it out by yourself. Like, right. He comes out of the room pale as a ghost, the palest I've ever seen a man be pale before. And he looks at me and he says, I think something just tried to come get me. And I said, shut the fuck up. What are you talking about? He goes, I heard two loud bangs underneath the – I found the pictures. I heard, I heard two loud bangs underneath the bed. And – claw marks drag underneath the bed and i'm like okay whatever bro <laughs> so we do we we look underneath the bed and this bed has not been touched or dusted who dusts underneath the bed do you dust underneath the bed i don't dust underneath the bed right no, it's an no, old no. house no one no one dusts underneath the bed unless you're like a really clean freak which if you are cool there are finger marks underneath the bed my man and here's the proof There is a thick layer of dust on the ground, and there are finger marks underneath the bed. Now, if we look at a picture through the Dictionnaire Infernal of the demon ball, we see that ball has the head of a, a king, the head of a cat, the head of a frog, and eight spider legs. Now, when we go to here, we can count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then an eighth over here. Does this look like the foot of a frog to you? Kind of, yeah. Does that look like the ass of a cattail? I could see that. Maybe I'm grasping for straws, possibly. No, I mean, back here underneath the bed, when we looked, there was a giant dead spider. You can kind of see its legs sticking up right there. Mm hmm. 
Also that night, there was about 50 frogs tripping on the porch of Hill House, which I've never heard before. And on top of that, to wrap it all up, there was a black cat on the roof of Hill House that night, which I've never seen before. Just using symbolism to let you know it's there. Yep. So what ended up happening is we went back in the room and... I said, okay, brother, we're going to go face this thing. He goes, okay, come, I'm come with you. All right. So we sit down on the bed and or on the, on the chase lounge. And this black thing comes into the room and it is the most oppressive or I can't even say oppressive. It was neutral feeling, but it was so powerful. I had to bow my head to not look at it. It was that powerful feeling. It was like, it was moving space time as it came through the room and it goes from through the front door and shifts to towards the bathroom. And I said, James, whatever you do, do not look at this thing. And he goes, what? I said, just don't look at it. He goes, it's, it's, it's in the corner of the room. I can feel it. I said, yeah, don't look at it. So in the CCTV camera, you can see him turn his head to the left and then he, his glasses fly off of his face and he grabs his cheek. When we come out, you see that um, there is a two, one, five, seven. Two, yeah. one, mm-hmm. five, seven. Branded into his face. Mm. What the we put holy f- oil on it, nothing happened to it. Holy water, nothing happened to it. Because typically if you put holy anointing things on uh, these stuff, these dark forces, it'll go away. It wasn't a dark force. We legitimately believe that Azariel, or Azazel, if you will, Azrael, if you ever heard of him before. Archangel of knowledge or wisdom. And death. This guy. So he has, as many, he has as many tongues as there are people, as many eyes as there are people, and he carries the book of life with him, with the names of people that are meant to die. He, is, he either gives you passage to the afterlife or he rips your soul from you and sends you to, uh, he helps send you to hell. Um, but he's also responsible for spiritual awakenings and stuff like that, right? Okay. So, so basically, uh, 2157, we looked it up in angel numbers. Um, so 2157, it's a long, long description, but it, it, it literally spelled out this man's life to a T. Um, without spilling his business too much, he was having a little bit of marital problems, right? And before his wife went to bed that night at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, somewhere around there, that picture that I took was captured at 11.57 p.m. on that day. She wrote in her prayer journal, God, please send someone to save my husband because he's not the man that I knew before. And she was thinking about leaving him and she was going to leave him the next day. And four minutes later, somewhere about there, that happened. Dude. It branded it into his face so that he could, it it was the most unreal experience I've ever had in my life. I believe that it branded that into his face so that we would figure it out. And he could not dismiss it as anything, but something real. He branded it on his face so that everybody else could see it that we could decipher the message for him. So I got to ask, and then you like said all that, like did with the knowledge of like you guys piecing that together, did like he go back and rectify? Yes. Yes. Yep. And uh, to follow this story up, um, he, we were on post one night, we were chilling, waiting for changeover uh, up on Tinker. And uh, he goes 217 or 219 or two. Oh no. Can't remember though. It was three numbers. It was like 219 or 291. Anyways, 
me and my my flight chief were talking about like ghosts or something, and they, these fucking knuckleheads were talking about Star Wars or something like a full truck length away. He goes two nine one. I was like, what? And he's like two nine one or whatever. He's two one nine. He's like he's like, what does that mean? I was like. Who said that? He goes, you just said it. I just heard you. I was like, James, shut the fuck up. No one said that. He's like, no, I literally just heard a man say 219 or 291 or whatever. And um, so we looked it up and it said, uh, says the path of enlightenment is upon you and you've made the right decisions to uh, begin your spiritual journey and healing and stuff like that. And it said, continue on this path. He just heard this voice say this number and it sure as shit was not me. Sure as shit was not me. Hopefully, uh, Saren uh, Nyquist Johnson, she's going to watch this video and she can comment and verify that for me because she was there right next to me when it happened. And she was there the night that um, he got burned on his face. So, NJ, if you're freaking watching this, please comment in the comments and let them know that this is for real because it was for real. Dude, that is some seriously insane synchronicity. It was the most mind-blowing thing I've ever experienced. We were like crying as we were reading the angel numbers. It was yeah. like, uh, people, if you're not careful, people will view you as a heartless cynic. He goes, bro, my wife's called me a heartless cynic like three times in the past week. That, I, like, honestly, that's probably one of the most crazy stories I've heard. I, I'm a little speechless. That's pretty wild. Like you said before, like in a life-altering or life-changing event, like that's it. He started going back to church. His finances got fixed. His marriage is better than ever. Uh, yeah. And interestingly enough, if you look up, uh, how do you know as Ariel's in your, as Ariel's in your presence? As it says, a warm sensation on your skin. Dude. It's pretty insane. That is insane. Uh, and it's not the first time that people have said they've seen the angel of death at Hill House. I'm not the only one. Uh, I think it's pretty undeniable that that place is is what you describe it as just yeah it sounds like the confluence of a ton of different stuff right there in that one spot all i can say and brian will shake his head as i talk to the talk talk to this point is that if you are going to hill house just know that you are jumping into the fucking deep end of things that you might not be ready for (laughs) in that house exists some of the most intense paranormal activity that you can experience anywhere on the planet earth. And it's not a fucking joke. People go in there thinking, you know, I am hosting an event there next week, right. For the, uh, uh, face your fear or, or alone in the dark event. Me and my buddy Ryan are, and we have people come there all the time. Like, Oh, this shit is fake. Where are the microphones? Where I'm like, brother, I don't know what to tell you. It's real. It's Your very, very, very world. real. Your entire world is a 180 on them. And I think that's what's important about what we're bringing is that we're not hiding anything from anybody. We're not professional video editors. We're not professional audio editors. Our goal is to not to fool people. We hear these substantial things. Uh, this one last video I wanted to show you before we uh, moved on to something else um, was at uh, Yorktown Memorial Hospital, which was a um, – th- think about it this way. There's 10 hospital rooms in this motherfucker, and 10,000 people – or no, 2,000 people have died in a 30-year span. Damn. So every single one of those rooms has seen a ton. I'm doing public math. I'm not good at this. But yeah, that's yeah a lot so I'm going gonna, gonna to show you a video of my wife at the casket. And you're going to hear a voice that sounds like three voices. It says, get out. Okay. And then you're going to hear a growl because it's mad that we're not getting out. And then I'm going to show you a video from the paranormal files that caught the exact same fucking thing. Okay. Very true. 
You hear that sounds like multiple voices? Yeah. We were listening to you, what you were doing, and man, just. I was like, no, there's there's things in here, yeah. man. Like I'm telling you, yeah, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I was in there, and I was like, I got really hot, and like, because we were. It's a great look at your right? face, dude. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Well, my wife heard it, you know, so spetta, spetta in Italian means hold on, right? Mm-hmm. She heard it and she dismissed it as, um, as, uh, uh, oh, the window's open. I was like, no, she heard the growl. Uh, yeah. none, of, none of us heard it. Um, but let me find Panama Files, Yorktown. They're in the same spot that we're in, okay. in the, uh, in the chap, <laughs> in the chapel. That's way loud because these guys know what they're doing with audio and I don't the apparently. The Wells Fargo active cash card. Earn two percent cash back on what you plug, want. Like, Fargo cash card. Not yeah, not sponsored. Yeah, no. And, <laughs> like, uh-huh. new glasses. Come on, Wells Fargo. Hurry up. You gotta get that YouTube premium. It's the mother's Oh my god, sales. I do need to get YouTube premium. <laughs> <laughs> also not sponsored. Nope, no sponsor. Bro, I literally just rewinded. I hate YouTube. Add to it'll, it'll keep oh, playing. It's a shameless plug. As you move through it. Here it is. Also, a good YouTube channel if you like paranormal stuff. I met I met Colin. He's cool. Oh, oh. What was that? What the fuck was that? Oh, oh. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Same place. Same place. Same ground. Oh, bro, seriously, what the fuck? <laughs> you can tell like, it messed with him, too. It did, dude. Yeah. Like, he's genuinely scared. You can see it. Yeah, they like just walk in. That's all they do. Say, like, what's up, like the whole clip. It's so loud. There's a, the thing that I was standing right underneath. <laughs> so loud, dude! Like uh, I think yeah. I was upstairs with my brother. We heard something similar. It was like, it's crazy. Yeah. We yeah. heard it, and we're like, "What?" We literally heard it at the same time. We're like, "What was that?" We heard it like as it was happening. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Yorktown's cool, but like, I mean, things like that, like that deep guttural growl, I've heard that like before at Hill House, like to the point. And Brian was talking about it at the point before, where it's like you, when you experience these things, when you go out, it's like not everybody is cut out to deal with this shit. Like it hits you like a wave of evil. The best way that I can explain it to you is impending doom when you make these connections with things. Like it feels like you're about to die for a brief moment. That's the energy that is associated with these evil forces that make these noises that you can hear. It hits you in your heart, man. Dude, uh, I know we've talked about it before, but like I know that feeling. We talk about like impending doom. And Mm. that experience I've had when uh, I lived in England, when I was uh, in, in exiting my teenage years, um, a lot of sleep paralysis in this this house in England, and then uh, a couple of experiences I had that just were just like you just you know said pure dread, pure fear, and 
Yeah, it's there's no other way. To, you just feel like you're immersed in a pool of fear. Yeah, so, and I um, very true. Existential dread. Yeah, um, yeah. I was in. I was upstairs for, for our last event in October called the Face Your Fears event, where we, me and my buddy Ryan, drafted out all these challenges for people to do, like. Uh, you know, go upstairs in Toby's room blindfolded and stuff and like all this like crazy shit that is like really intense. No balls. And uh, we do we do a thing called uh, we, the split up challenge. So we all uh, I, I, I write down the rooms per the camera numbers on the piece of paper and I put them into a hat and everybody we shift it around. Everybody draws straws, draws paper. And whatever room that you draw, you have to go in there by yourself for 20 minutes. Right. And uh, everybody just sits there quietly and sees what will happen. Um, and I was in there and uh, I was on the other side of Joshua's wall. So when you go upstairs, if you can imagine you're going upstairs into the up, uh, you've seen a Victorian house, right? They usually have those L staircases that go up into the second floor, right? If you go take a left and go through the room into Joshua's room, he has a little crawl space that he has where he was forced to live when he was a child. It's a horrible story, but you can crawl in between the walls. And uh, I was sitting on one side of the wall. She was sitting in Emily's room where the summoning and stuff happened. And we hear this, um, we hear this, these footsteps coming up the stairs and it's not like any footsteps. Like I'm getting like goosebumps just like talking about it, man. It was like, douche, 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 douche. And Corey's like, Dylan. I was like, yeah, I hear that. And then I, you know, it was almost like a lady with a stoma. She was like, she goes, uh, she was like, (laughs) and Corey was like, get the fuck in here. I cannot do this. I was like, cool. So I come around the corner and I go into the, uh, into the room with her. And we just hear this guttural, just like, <clears throat> just come out from the darkness. It's pitch black, right? And we're like, okay, lights off. Let's be brave, right? And we're like, fuck, 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 right? <laughs> and we just hear these feet just like, douche, douche, douche. It was like a horror movie. Like, like somebody was like coming to stab us in the head with a knife or something. And I felt this, uh, I think... Uh, this character, his name is Russell, and I think Brian has seen him in his dreams. He's this giant. One time I did. He's this giant that. fucking figure that wears a duster, like a like a tr- like a trench coat. And okay. the way Brian saw him in his dream is like he was made of burnt charcoal, and he was like 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 the inside of him was like on fire or something, and he was like made of like 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 charcoal like skin or something. You want to talk about that, Brian? I want to, yeah, I want to say that spirits tend to communicate through dreams. Um, if you go to a haunted space and you have a weird dream and you experience something unexplainable, um, you're not alone, but definitely, um, I think, I think spirits like to communicate through dreams, you know, especially after you visit a place or just before you're visiting a place they like to kind of visit you while you're sleeping. You know, and that could be totally subjective. Like, okay, you're thinking about the place and you're going to bed and you think about this place, what could be there and all that. But uh, me personally, I don't, I don't believe that. I think that um, some spirits like to communicate like in the realm of dreams, like the sixth realm house. Like it's a, it's this whole conspiracy or it's this whole train of thought or ideology that spirits communicate in this realm. Regardless, um, Russell or the shadow man or whoever it is, he wears a really, tall hat wears a big trench coat it's very violent he will throw things at you and he is not afraid to let his presence be known um i had a dream that he was in the room he was throwing things at me and i actually bailed out um the front window of haunted hill house and 
as I recall, like in my memory, and I was telling Dylan about this, I'm like, okay, this room looked like this, and I jumped out the front window to escape this thing, and I have never actually been there yet, but I was actually describing the upper, the second story of Haunted Hill House, um, kind of where Toby likes to hang out. And I had never been there, but somehow in my mind's eye, I was picturing this place and this entity being kind of aggressive towards me. Um, so, I mean, you know, you could say like, okay, very cool dream, Brian, like awesome. Uh, for me, you know, at the very least, it's very interesting to think about. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and he was just like, so he talked about two. I was playing a video. He, he talked about two characters, Shadow Man and Russell. So Russell is apparently this like. Jesus, Facebook. Sorry about that. Um, Russell is this um, giant figure that like stomps around. They call him the Stomper. That's why I think it was Russell. But there's there's Shadow Man too, who is um, he was a, a John in the house, uh, and he was Native American. And they uh, the 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 going story is that he used dark shamanistic practices to infuse himself with uh, animal animal spirits to make him into like this like shadow being. Um, uh, calls himself he likes to be called the man of shadows his real name is charles and i like to call him charles to kind of fucking tickle his fancy and get him upset and see if he'll do something but um he, he likes to be called shadow man but so it's either one of the two but yeah so this thing comes into the room and uh, i actually have a picture i've why am i doing this to myself i have so many things to show you guys it's crazy <laughs> dude show it all yeah so victoria mundane he is a patron of hill house and she Show me this picture that she took in Toby's room. Okay. Um, yeah, this one you can have at however you feel like, but that's that's uh, who I think is either Russell or the Shadow Man standing in that door frame. Holy crap! That like is legit. Like somebody's just standing there. You took a picture of somebody. Oh, buddy, there. Right. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Like, she, she, you know, she says that nobody was there, and I believe her because look at the size of that thing. Yeah, that's a that's a eight foot doorway, and his shoulders completely fill it, past it actually, and his head's the size of a fucking cannonball. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. have, uh, have any of you guys played the Resident Evil? Um... Mr. X. Yeah, Resident Evil 2 yep. remake. No, that's exactly what this thing presents itself as, whether it be that's, in dreams. When you were saying he's like stomping around and then he's got a trench coat and a hat, I was like, oh, that's Mr. X from. Yeah, basically. If you want yeah. to picture him that way, it's pretty easy to picture him that well, way. This here, like, to me, solidify that because Mr. X is huge. He's like a yep. giant, towering creature. Coming after Humanoid, I guess. And that right there, you said eight foot. Uh, Warframe, like, yeah, dude, he's like, yeah, he's, yeah, like, he's like my height, he's like six, five, seven feet tall, right? So, you can imagine. So, now that you know that, right? This is, I didn't see the figure, but that force of a presence is what came into the room with us. And I, when I tell you that this motherfucker was like right here up on me, and I could like feel his body almost in a sense, like, 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 can. All right, so there's an experiment that you can do, and y'all feel free to try this. Grab a friend, close your eyes, and put earphones on. And then sit in a well-lit room, but don't allow shadows to pass in front of the eyes, okay? And then you close your eyes, and you'll put your hand in front of their face and tell them when they feel your hand. You will be fucking shocked at how far away you will be able to feel someone's hand encroaching on you, even though you can't hear or can't see the shadows passing in front of your face. 
it's a little it's a little harder with yourself because you have control over your hands yeah, yeah, right? yeah. but you'll be able to feel the that that electro almost like yeah you feel the energy of the electricity or almost with your like third eye or whatever it is you can start to feel or sense or see like other people like within your proximity like yeah, you, you don't even have to be seeing it, but you can feel it. Just like when someone's standing behind you and you're just you flip around real quick and you're just like, shit, why are you so close to me? Even though you don't even yeah. know they're there. It's yeah. the same sensation. And that sense. That thing was in front of me, like boom, like right here. And I had to turn the lights on. I said, get the fuck away from me. And I stood up real quick and I was just like, You do not have permission to be that close to me. And then it backed off, and then you just hear this like this. <laughs> just from the outside door and this thing was just like yeah and it went away after a little while but it was it was gnarly man it's like he's trying to antagonize you back you know what i mean there's a there's a going theory that um uh bad spirits will go after like i'm not the well i'm six five i'm two two twenty so i'm a bigger guy but i'm not the biggest strongest looking man out there right but they'll go after the most physical presence that they see like the largest presence that they see almost as like a dominant oh, scratch you yeah yeah like like hey, i can direct to their presence they're like oh he's taken away from my acknowledgement yeah, something like that. I, I certainly think that it's like, look, I can do this to him. Guess what I can do to you, right? Yeah, it's like this like right. thing. Like, oh, you can take it all day, on, no problem. I, I've been scratched probably, oh, God, 50 plus times probably. It's I've lost Scratched count, man. Once. Yeah. And people <laughs> think it's like, well, I protect myself. I, I cannot uh, be scratched. I said, that's bullshit. They scratch whoever, the want, whoever they want to scratch they want exactly it's like i'm angry you're here you're getting scratched this is a message to everybody else that i'm powerful and fuck you get out of my space that's exactly what it is in my opinion and you were saying those that that are terrified Mm -hmm. getting scratched or whatever don't hurt that bad you you can get through it and it's gone like 20 minutes so yeah it's not like hollywood Hollywood. doesn't draw blood usually 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 were you saying before that you had like actual scar from it Oh no, I don't have any scars oh, from it. That'd be that's wicked, that's though. That would be. Dude. <laughs> I'm curious, Zach. Have you ever had a uh, paranormal experience? I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I was trying to think of like stuff because I had a feeling this question would come up. And the only thing I can think of is so when I was like a when I was a kid, uh, eight, nine, maybe ten years old. Um, I always shared a room with my brother, my younger brother, Colin. Um, and so I was like on a top bunk and he was on the bottom bunk and out my bedroom door, you could see like a little bit of the living room and then you could see the kitchen. Um, and there was just, uh, I remember like kind of getting up feeling like weird and I looked out and it just looked like something was sitting in a chair in the kitchen, kind of staring at me. And I was like, that's weird. Why would my dad be up? Right, disgusting. Initially, what I thought. So I got up and I went down and I turned on the light, and then there was nothing there. And I was like, interesting. And I just went like back to bed and took me a while to go back to sleep. Um, that's the only real kind of like super weird thing I've had. I've had a pet airman when I was uh, at Kadena Air Base. Got mm, a whole bunch Okinawa. of weird stuff. Yeah, they'd tell me a whole bunch of weird stuff. I'd have the uh, the uh, the Japanese guards that worked with us, 
they would always say that uh, there was a bunch of like weird things out in the munitions area and things like that. Um, there's actually a, there was a Japanese guard who like, I could, like years ago, I don't remember the exact time frame, but you can look it up. It was like years ago and he shot um, like his pistol at something when he was out the munitions and then killed himself. And they have no idea what he shot at. So like, hmm. There's a lot of really weird things, um, but the only thing that's really physically happened to me or that I can remember is just the weird things sitting in the kitchen table, um, and it wasn't like anything on their chair either. Like it was an actual person sitting there staring at me, and then when I went up to investigate, there's no one there. I just thought this kind of weird. Are you are you familiar in Okinawa with the uh, haunted uh, security forces like warehouse building, like that building that they talk about that they had to like that was next to, to the CDC, out. the next to the CDC, and people's yes. kids were coming home and saying they were talking to little girls, but it was like the house that multiple people committed murder suicides in. Yes, and they wow. condemned the house and then they tore it down, and now it's just a field. Yep, and uh, yeah. I know like the story four- about that. Yeah. There's like four families or something in there, and they all like like murder, either suicide. murder suicide or something like half of them would die all in the span of like twenty years, and they're just like, "Are we just gonna get rid of this house?" Yep. Yep. And exactly it, what about. it used to be a security forces, uh, uh, of course, you know, give it to the cops, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It used to be a uh, so it was it was it was fenced off uh, near the CDC, the child care center. And um, people's kids were coming home and they were saying, mommy, I made a new friend, you know, oh, who's this new friend? Oh, there's a girl uh, in the the lot across from the childcare. And the parents like, oh, that's great, sweetie, or whatever, right? But they went to go pick up the kid and they realized that the lot on the other side of the fucking CDC was fenced off and nobody lived there, Mm -hmm. right? And then when they turned it into an overflow exhibit or overflow uh, storage for like, you know, stanchions and cones and shit – that uh, there was an airman, um, I'm not going to say his name, but he was stationed at Kadena, and he said he went in there and he said uh, he said there was a voice that popped into his head that said, "Pull out your gun and shoot yourself in the head." I heard that exact same story too. Yeah, uh, yeah. that this that these uh, yeah. So it's really interesting. And um, there's a house in Tinker actually. Um, what road was it? It was. Nabbers Drive. It was a site of a murder, a double murder, suicide. Two children and a and a husband. And um, the we used to. I've responded out there uh, for like noises, like people inside from the neighbors. And nobody well, in there. When I when I worked at the desk at Kadena, you would get um, landline nine one one calls from buildings that didn't exist anymore. Yeah, uh, that's so. You, you would answer, and it, the call would go through. And then it would just hang up. And, and the Jap. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, and we we'd put it like in the blotter even, and we'd like ask people like, uh, I remember we asked uh, some some someone from CE like, hey, can like a phone line come? Because like on our map it says it's coming from like an old building. Like, can that happen? And he's like, that's impossible. There's no electricity to those things. Like, that doesn't yeah. make sense. No, 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 no modem cable. No nothing. Yeah, like, there's, no there's, phone there's line. There's nothing there. There's not even a building. That reminds there. me of. Uh... What is it, the story of people hearing like explosions, like massive explosions or feeling earthquakes where they're located, mm-hmm. like a bomb went off. Um, if you if you look it up, it's, it's a quite common thing, like on Google or whatever you want to look up. Um, I experienced that when I was stationed in Aviana in water. Um, we thought a bomb was going off or people called in and be like, hey, a bomb just something exploded somewhere. And then. You know, obviously we investigate or fired medical and everyone's kind of looking around. 
nothing ever happened. So what do people experience? What do people feel? What do people see or like what is going on here? You're probably feeling like a a past explosion of a mass death of a could be shelling. I mean, who's to know? If you if you look it up though, it's not just specific to you know that little area in Aviano or Italy. It's it's all over the world. Like people are like, okay, this huge earthquake or this explosion just happened with this sonic boom that just shook our house to the core and shook us to the bones. Mm-hmm. What was that? Like, yeah, I felt it too. And then people call the police and then it's this phenomenon that's been going on for a very long time and nobody knows exactly what's going on. Is it is it the government, you know, testing like, you know, supersonic aircraft? Is it aliens? Is it some kind of interdimensional thing like going on? Like it's it's when you really get into like the thick of it, like the paranormal there's so many things you could talk about. There's so many things you could get into. There's so many things you could dissect. It um, kind of the fact me... is, Sorry, the fact is we don't know. The fact is we don't know. Like it's unexplainable, right? And that's what makes it cool. That's what makes it fun. That's what makes us want to like dig in and see what the heck's going on. There's so many things that could be happening to try to understand every little thing and define it, flesh it out. It's only going to drive you insane. So me and Dylan are just along for the ride. We just, we try to yeah. enjoy what we can enjoy and, and try to explain what we can explain. The stuff that we can't, uh, hey, we got it on video. You can think whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. I so, think Dylan was going to touch on it. He was, I think you're about to touch on it because you said something about the Japanese. So my wife's Japanese. They're real big into believing about like spirits oh, and yeah. entities. They will, they'll be building a building, like a skyscraper or anything. And if any of the workers ever say, hey, I saw a ghost. Or they had like a um, a paranormal like situation. That building gets immediately stopped being worked on. It'll sit there forever. They don't even tear it down. They leave it there forever because they're not going to disturb the space or the entity or anything. They just leave it be. Yeah. My wife, um, I used to have an old like BRZ, and I wanted to take like Halloween themed photos like in the local cemetery. I say, like, hey, honey, can you come with me? I want like take like goofy photos of me with a pumpkin on my head and whatever. And she's like, I'm not going to a cemetery to take goofy photos with you. And I was like, why not? And she's like, that's disrespectful to the spirits there. That's disrespectful to a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm not doing that. And my wife is not religious at all, but wow. she still believes in like spirits, ghosts, all that type of stuff. Um, I wish she could be on the podcast because she has stories where she's like spoken to her like great grandfather before. And like dreams and stuff, and it was like yeah. information that she had no idea that she knew. And then she would like talk to her mom or her dad, and they'd be like, "Yeah, that's all true. That's accurate." And that that's someone she's never that's met. Wow! Like, and she has full conversation with in dreams and stuff. So Japan's weird. Yeah, they have um like they're so ingrained in that culture of like uh spirits and and uh, entities and all that stuff and demons. I mean, obviously like the oni, like that's like one of the biggest like you know what I mean like that's really ingrained in a lot of their artwork and their uh, like their version of like gargoyles and stuff like that and yep. X Y and Z. But like they literally list houses on the market for being for rent for a substantially cheaper because someone has died in the house and it has not been proven that paranormal activity has. Has not happened in the house. So a lot of college students and low income people will live in these what are called death houses. 
And eventually, if after a year of living in the house, if no paranormal activity is reported, then the house will be taken off as a listing as such. It's almost like, Brian, what are they called? Those houses where, where heinous things happen? Uh, they're called what houses? Like like murders oh, and suicide? Oh, gosh. Yeah, they're called um... – uh, no, it's, it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, stigmatized uh, properties. Stigmatized properties. There we go. Yep. yep. And uh, like, yeah, so basically if like something, really, uh, let's say there's one place in San Antonio actually it's a stigmatized property as of right now. There like a like a murder-suicide happened or like a, uh, um, I don't want to get you demonetized, but a sexual act that was forced. Um, and I think that happened and then a murder and then a suicide. And it's like completely like way cheaper if you were to want to buy it because that happened and it's on the registry. Yeah. So and interesting in my house in Oklahoma City, uh, I was actually kind of conned out of that because I did – the last person owned my house, his name was Jerry Marth. And he died in my house on the floor in front of the fireplace and decomposed for three weeks before anybody found him. The only reason I found out about that is because when I was moving out of the house, uh, and I had, I had, um, uh, I'll send this buddy video podcast to my buddy, uh, my best friend Nathan Lasseter, and he can comment on his experiences that he had of this giant shadow figure that was in the house uh, that I never experienced, but he did. But anyways, uh, he goes, "Oh, you moving out?" I was like, "Yeah." I was taking the old shitty fridge. I was like, "Hey, can I have the ice box?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, sure, sure." He goes, uh, "I was like, I was like, hey, you might want to tell that the new the new owners that the house is haunted." And he kind of chuckled, and I was like, "What are you? What the fuck are you laughing about?" He knows what you don't know about Jerry. I would get his mail. That's how I know his name, Jerry Marth. I would still get his mail. And um, he's like, oh, you don't know about Jerry? And I was like, who the fuck is Jerry? I said, I get his mail, but like, who is he? He goes, well, he died in your house and uh, decomposed in the fourth of three weeks. And what was weird is when the Oklahoma City Police Department um, investigated the house, and the reason they were called is because it smelled so bad through brick and mortar, you could smell it on the street. Holy crap. Yeah. He had two dead dogs. His two of his dogs were dead and saran wrapped and put in the deep freezer. And this happened in my house. Yeah, no idea. So he was, so he was weird. And I was just, died. I was just about to say that that like you talking about these stigmatized properties in Texas, right? It's not law everywhere to tell people that death or something, some something tragic happened on a property. It should be though. It really should yeah. be. Should be. Like it, it, the 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 house apparently used to be carpet in the in the living room. It's hardwood floor now. Yeah, I, no kidding. I wonder why. Yeah. yeah, I guarantee you, if you pull up the hearth, uh, fuck them because it's my house. Three five one two Windsor Terrace, Oklahoma City. If you go to that property, you Let tear up that fucking floor. If you tear up that floor, I guarantee you, there's a body decomposition stain on the concrete underneath there. There has to be three yeah. weeks of a body decomposing. There's yeah. a stain on the floor unless Bio came in and did a hell of a job to clean it up. And they probably didn't. Yeah. Well, usually those those type of houses, like just go back to Japan real quick. Uh, those type of housings where things don't happen. You're talking about apartments, but usually you don't have a house where someone died and someone to move in because, like, it's not Japanese culture to move into someone else's house. Oh, Almost yeah, yeah. everyone in Japan, they will tear down a house and then rebuild a new house mm. for their family because they don't want the 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 the, the spirit or the the chakra or the feeling of whoever was in that area before. Even if they were only there for like a couple of years, they'll tear it all down and build a whole new one. That's interesting about the uh, tearing down houses because if you've ever seen the Demon House uh, mm -hmm. Demon House documentary by Zach Bagans, um, what's really interesting about that is there's there's footage from them talking to the Gary Indiana Police Department and the officers mm -hmm. out there, their voices, their faces are blurred or whatever, and they go, "Bro, what are you gonna do with that house?" And he said, "I'm probably gonna tear it down." He goes, "What the fuck? Are you, what do you mean you're gonna tear it down? Aren't you gonna release 
that evil onto the world. So that's like by them tearing down that house, yeah. they're removing the the walls of that property and freeing whatever energy is bound to that, or it's bound to that uh, material, and they're taking it away from the site. I was gonna say, yeah. do you think yeah. that like them being in that house, those entities that they get stuck because of the material is like natural? You know what I mean, like wood you know, stone, potentially the mortar, all of that is made like with natural material. A lot of it, like obviously like, you know, there's, there's plastics and shit like that. You know what I mean? But you think maybe that that just kind of helps bind them there. I don't think I know like uh, what I was saying earlier with the, the stone theory, stone tape theory, quartz and like natural stone capturing events as if it was, you know, on a record player or You know, a mason is somehow carving this vase, and in the vase, if we put a record player like thimble down those lines, we would all of a sudden hear these voices. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the earth and like natural energy has a tendency to capture stuff that has happened in the past, and you know, for, for these places to be haunted, like obviously negative things have happened here. Maybe this material, these places that we've seen are somehow kind of playing like replays of like what has happened in the past, whether it be residual or whatever is haunting this area is intelligent. Um, it's like we said before, like trying to understand it and trying to flush it out hundred percent is totally impossible, but that's definitely a theory that some of these areas somehow capture the energy within Whether that be, you know, because it's made out of stone or it's made out of quartz or it's made out of wood. Um, People who used to linger and hang out where they used to hang out, typically in death, you know, people theorize that people will kind of reenact what they did while they were alive. So they're hanging around the same place that they were, you know, dead, that they were alive. Or yeah. just, you know, like that whole idea about the the natural, you know, matter holding on to those memories, those residual hauntings, all that just... It's like the Gettys- Gettysburg or any other you know, mm. battlefield, Normandy, whatever, you know, all of that that happened there, the strife, the struggle, the death, the sadness, the fear, all of that. It just is so much. And like the vibes we were talking about, the vibration that that comes out, you know what I mean? That and then it's a communal experience, this battle, like right, you know, like Gettysburg. So you have all of that happening all at once and it just gets stuck there and absorbed. You know, because I'm sure, you know, I've never been to Gettysburg. I'm sure a lot of those trees and, you know, rocks or whatever, those were there when that battle took place. You know what I mean? Like, so they're just holding on to that energy, you know, uh, that just make, it makes sense to me when you think about it, but. I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever seen a hanging tree before? A historical hanging tree where people were hung from? Nine times out of 10, what is the status of that tree? It's dead. It is dead. Now, let's think about that. Well, Dylan, those trees are old. They just died. I said, fuck you. What about the sequoia trees that are thousands and thousands of years old that are still very well alive? But this tree, specifically this tree surrounded by a bunch of other trees that are still alive, this tree is dead. It took on Why? negativity. Mm-hmm. And it died. It and it sucked up. And it absorbed it. So I think of it's it like in the law poison. of conservation, of the conservation of the, in the law of matter. Matter can is neither created nor destroyed. It just transitions in its existence state. 
So if these, this, these emotions, if everything is made of matter, right, whatever, however you want to look at it, like these things aren't going away, they're transition in their state of existence, whether that be stored in something or free flowing atmospherically or whatever, right, it still exists, though, because it was a part of us and we're made of matter and everything that exists around us is made of matter. Yeah. When I was, so I was watching some of your guys' videos on YouTube and it sent me down a rabbit hole of more paranormal videos. And one of them I saw was uh, um, this like family, they kept seeing like this, this older woman, like walk up their staircase and stuff randomly. And she just walk up the staircase and then she would just walk through a wall and then be gone. And that's really usually what they had. And they remodeled, they said to remodel the house. So they took the staircase down and moved the staircase to another location. Mm-hmm. But still they would see a floating uh, mm-hmm. older woman walk where the staircase used to be and then go up to think because huh. that that spirit's stuck in that loop it's got something that kind of fits into like the stone theory and what i was talking about earlier yeah. like maybe that that woman that white the woman in white right we actually did a video just about that because la Llorona or the woman in white it's it's a tale that's as old as time people see this phantasmic you know white dressed woman or a woman dressed in white, still I should say, in a dress, and you know people have seen her all throughout history. So what what is the story with that? And some people theorize that like, okay, you know maybe that individual, maybe that woman, is reliving her glorious day, like she's reliving the day that she got married. Mm-hmm. That was a very proud day for her. So you know every day at twelve o'clock when she walked down the aisle, you can see like a glimpse of like that moment because that moment lives on within the walls of wherever that happened. Now, you know, we either, you know, if I could somehow do some mathematical equation and be like, this is absolutely hundred percent true. And this is why you're seeing this white woman and, and you know, everyone else has seen her by the ends of time. And this is why it's a thing. No, I can't do that. But it's certainly, it's interesting to think about like, you know, several people see this woman in white or whatever it is. I think it's just people. It's some kind of, it's like a record player. It's like things playing back things in time for us to glance at. And, you know, we call ourselves crazy and we think that we saw something and we know, we know deep down inside that we saw something, but other people will try to take that away from you. The only person that can take that experience away from you is you. Like I, I know what I've seen. I know what Dylan's seen. You know, we experience the paranormal. We have ghost stories. Nobody can take that away from you. The only person that can take that away from you is yourself. It's experiences that you walk away from. And whatever you want to do with those experiences and that knowledge or that experience, it's up to you. At risk of sounding like uneducated, I think a lot of what you're talking about, about like matter and time and all of that, and like it, it holding on to those, like you said, the the wedding and her walking down you know, the aisle at the same time. I think a lot of that, you know, re- residualness experiences and the, the matter and energy, all that. I think one day we're going to realize that a lot of what like physicists deal with, with like, or um, try to understand like quantum computing and how atoms mm-hmm. and matter can recognize each other, you know, even if they're on one side of the world or the other, right. That you're almost flirting with that line, but just in a different way when you're trying to understand the paranormal, that it might just be something, you know, physical, right. That you're 
into in a, in a different way than like a physicist trying to understand why, you know, um, electrons recognize other electrons, even through barriers and stuff like that. I've said that so many times. I said, it's something that scientists don't give a shit about. I said, could you imagine if you had a bunch of brilliant people that have these PhDs in physics and quantum physics and quantum mechanics and more, all this shit, put all their brains together. I said, I guarantee you'd find something, but we're on the, we were, we were on the subject of, uh, you know, residual hauntings and stuff. And I have a perfect video for you this was captured by jeremy jones by paranologies uh he's i'll keep my words reserved but um jeremy jones from paranologies and he creates paranormal devices he now owns the jefferson hotel in jefferson texas what he has here in this video what you're going to see is a multi-faced camera and he's upstairs in in, in uh hill house and he captures a full-blown 100 detailed uh apparition uh, nothing like i've ever seen before in my life it's it's gnarly. Okay. Um, so you're going to see this it. shadow, dude? No, no, no. no. I don't oh, even okay. know if I've shown you this one, bro. I maybe have, but I don't know. It's one I forget uh, that, to show people. He's going to be in this top left frame here. He's going to go back and freeze on it so you can see it better. There she is. It's going to go back. Oh, whoa. Yo, what? Yeah. She just, she's walking right at you. She is on her foot's in front of the other and everything. Yep. So I'll play it out just for a second so you can see that it's not stitched together or anything like that. Okay. They're coming out of Emily's room. And it's just, and it's gone. Just like, like someone's standing there. We're about to walk at them. Yep. So, yeah, he's got three camera angles on it. I mean, look at that, man. Like, that's Hill House for you. Dude, like, dude, you can like, make out, like, it looks like almost like they're wearing a dress almost to me. It's yes. The, no, they are. A white woman yeah. walking yeah. at you. Right. Uh, uh, dude, the 100%. And, and the crazy down thing, the aisle. The crazy <laughs> thing is, yeah, sure, Zach. Take a second to look at that right there. Boom. You can see her leg, leg, hand. Yeah. Hair, yeah, and no, or no like face a veil or something. I, I think it's hair. And what's interesting about this is that there was a uh, psychic. Her name is uh, Melissa, and um, she felt that in that room, that is where when Hill House was a bordello, that the clients were serviced. Mm-hmm. And to me, that looks like a younger girl, in, in between the ages of Fair. eight, God, I don't even know, maybe seventeen to twenty, early twenties. In a in a white gown type gown that prostitutes were pretty commonly wearing back then. Um, that's exactly that what it looks sense. like to me. And yeah, that one is uh, that's pretty, pr- pretty fucking cool, man. That's like the one apparition that I've seen. Uh, and what's cool about it is that he has multiple camera faces to know that there's no one like behind him in the beginning of it. Like you see that there's no one behind him in the beginning of that. And like who the hell's walking around barefoot with like some sort of weird like white gown on? Like who yeah, the fuck yeah, does that? In the middle of the she night in a haunted house. Too. Yeah, man. So that one was really cool. Um, that was awesome. Yeah. The, thing about, the thing about how like uh, aggression you're talking about like atoms and stuff, how they connect to each other. They they theorize that if you took an atom and somehow you could split it, like you could actually divide it in half, um, and you took one half anywhere you want in space, and then you take the other half and put it anywhere else you want in space, whatever you do to one half happens to the other half. That could be something like similar to here. Yeah, so I'm, that's that's kind of how quantum computing works. 
Yeah. Right. And that's kind of what I was getting at is like the way we understand time and space, we only understand it the way a three dimensional being would understand time and space. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so all of these things that exist, like, you know, the matter and holding on to energy and all of that, you know, like I do, I think in some, in some way it's like, it's physics. You get what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like without realizing it's physics, you know, obviously Dylan, you said you've had that thought, you know, but like it, I I do, I think it's just understanding the way the universe works in a different way than like a physicist is trying to figure out how the universe works. Yeah. Just minds in the, the, their mind is in the place of understanding space time and uh, just in, not in the same. um, So like the way I think of it is like a cut gemstone. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're looking in one side of that cut, that faceting, but there's, there's 18 different cuts of uh, the facet of the gemstone that you can look through. Just like when you hold quartz up to a light and the more you move it and the different uh, cuts that you look through, the light is the prism of light looks different to you. Um, you know, I think that's just kind of how reality is, is that we see through one angle of the gemstone. And as we view the light coming in or the experience coming in, it can be completely fucking different on the 17 other cuts. It's like we were talking about earlier with religion, how Buddhism looks at life through a different lens. Christianity looks at life through a different lens. Um, and we're all looking at life, right? But like you said, it's the different cuts of that gemstone you're looking at. So you're all seeing truth, right? but just a different side of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Some people will call you a heretic for that, but for sure. (laughs) Go for it. I think, uh, I think what you just said, Gresham was a full 360. It might be a good, uh, good wrap up time to, I like that. Call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. uh, Honestly, thank you so much. You, you two for coming on because um, again, this the evidence that you guys show me um and from like i've spent a lot of time my free time um even before i got into podcasting when i was a kid like borrowing books from the library to learn about the paranormal like legitimately some of the best evidence i've ever seen and um don't like you said multiple times you guys are just trying to be objective and show things as they are and you know whether people want to want to believe it or not it's up to them but like you know it's it's just your objective truth, what you're showing. And I like that so much, you guys. I feel like you guys bring more to the table than like those TV shows do because you're just trying to – It's. I know it's not scientific to you guys, but scientific in a way because you are bringing evidence forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. Thanks, bro. Yeah. Yeah, we appreciate that because like I said, it's like our biggest thing is like to one, know that – um you know, we're not trying to fool anybody, right? Um, that we're just trying to, like you just said, it's 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 our objective truth. And, you know, we, we in our videos, plenty of times we say, hey, hey, this might be subjective association. We understand that. But to us, this is what it was, right? We're not sure. fools to the game. We're not fools to understand that we may be projecting our own conscious thoughts onto these situations and saying, okay, it could be this. Like we are very well grounded in that aspect, right? We just want people to know that, you know, you know, to to check us out and to give us a chance to show you that we're not bullshitting you and that we're just trying to do our best to like show you that this is real and to show you what real paranormal investigation looks like. Um, we'll get better over time, you know, the video editing and the audio editing and these things will progress as we go forward. But, you know, we got full-time jobs and you know, all that. We haven't oh, yeah. been to film school, you know what I mean? Like we're doing our best to, on that point, but 
you know, stick with us long enough. And I guarantee you that I'm going to, we're going to show you something that's going to fucking blow your socks off, you know, and yeah. uh, just know that it's not, it's not staged. It's not. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, the revitalization, I guess you could say of MP paranormal and Dylan were downtown on a pub crawl. And I said, let's <laughs> F and do it, man. Let's go. And I'm like the stuff we capture you and me together and the energy we bring. It's better than these TV shows. You guys you know? are a great duo. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know what it was. He was drunk in courage or stupidity or what it was. But after that night, I guess, I guess we, we, we committed to that. And, uh, that's kind of where we're at now, you know, off a stupid drunk idea off a really bad night. (laughs) I I will say as someone who wasn't really like, yeah, I wasn't a skeptic. I didn't like not believe in it, but I didn't really look into it and stuff. Um, I hope now that with like, the information you've given me that kind of like with my car analogy, I hope now that I know like the yellow slug bug exists, that I will see the yellow slug bug more. Not that I'm manifesting it into an the existence. I will just now be more aware that it's out there. And so I, I'll kind of look forward to where uh, this this new vision, this new idea of thinking can, can lead. So thank you for that. Yeah. No, think about it when you're not home. <laughs> think yeah. about it when you're not at home. I recommend that if anybody ever has the 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 inkling, the urge, the want to try it out, just go. Don't be afraid. Don't go be timid. Just go for it. Get some fucking people together. Put down on a night at somewhere that you think is haunted and go experience it for yourself because it may change your life for the rest of the time you're on this earth. And it, you know what? Knowing that there are... Yep, knowing that there are spirits in this world and angels and all these things gives you comfort. Honestly, it gives you comfort that when you die, it is not the end. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah. for those listening, if you guys uh, haven't followed them already on Instagram, you can find them through our page. If you're on our page, um, they're on YouTube, Instagram. Um, check them out for sure. Leave some comments, like, subscribe to them. Um you guys honestly have a ton of amazing evidence and I'm really privileged that you guys come on and we would like to have you guys on again. Cause I know you guys are going to keep investigating places and coming up with sure. evidence and all of that. So this will not be the last time we have this conversation for sure. So really appreciate you guys. Appreciate you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. All right. Thanks for having us. Man. We'll wrap it up. Pleasure. We appreciate you guys listening and uh, yeah. Have a good night. You as well. Appreciate it.